across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. Get more passionate debate, more outspoken opinion and more digital debate for the UK. Your voice counts. Get it heard on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Hey, that's, that's me. It's Catherine. I'm here for Ian Lee, obviously. He's away uh, living it up in New York City. And uh, in the meantime, it's me and you, Katie Puckrick. Yes. The way God meant it to oh, be. Oh, my goodness, didn't he? Yes. Here and queer. Well, not yet, but I'm open to all the possibilities. Well, we can talk about that in a bit because you are um, at the moment actively looking, aren't you? I'm actively looking for some sort of socializing in the monkey business department, you might say. Um, but uh, to paraphrase Sarah Silverman, the American comedian, I wish I were cool enough to be a lesbian, but I just like boring old swear word for a wiener. <laughs> okay, you get my meaning. Well, speaking of which, we've got Alan Caddick on the line. Do you want to? Have you met him before? Um, no, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay, well, this could be the one. Okay. Evening, Cads. All right, what's oh. going on? Where's the governor tonight? He's in New York City. Well, he's probably oh, on a plane. He's going to New York. Yeah, yeah. He's gone to New York to watch those monkeys. Is it Davy Jones? Davy Jones he's, died some time ago. He's then. in a coffin somewhere. Peter Tork? Big pardon? A Peter Tork, yeah. Yeah, Peter Tork. Is he going to be part of it? Or no, is it just, it's just Mi- Mickey and Mikey? Yeah. Mickey and Mike Naismith. The ones, you got yeah. it. You got yeah. any stats on those guys? Mm, I only know the TV show they did back in the 60s. Everyone knows that, Caddick. This is not my TV show standards. The Christmas one. Mm-hmm. That's my favourite episode of the Monkeys TV show. Okay, well, good to know. Well, Christmas is always a good time for, for TV shows, of There's course. always cap- capers and japes happening at Christmas time. Well, like I say, if you want to talk about anything you want, because it's a show where anything goes, 0344-499-1000, be daily, she'll call you back. She will. You know the you know the score. Thanks very much, Caddick. I think your work here is done, my friend. Okay. That's how it goes, Katie. My God, how come he was so like quick off the trigger? He always is. He's, he's waiting. Got his, he's got his finger on the button. Yeah, yeah. I think we're on his speed dial. All right. We may be above his parents, and we're certainly the people he phones every night at about five to ten. He wants to be the first one on. Oh well, he's a winner. Yeah, fantastic. I love his consistency. Absolutely. If you want to um, be the next man uh, off the. What, what do you call it? I don't know. Rank. Like, ra- cab off the rank. Cab off the rank. If you want to phone us up, is what um, I'm saying. Chicken off the hen house. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And here is Robert. Robert. Well, is that you, Catherine? Yeah, is that you, Robert? Yeah, that's me. Am I the first caller tonight? No, I'm afraid you're not. You know oh, who the I'm first... Gutted. I'm gutted. But never mind. The point of discussion is, on Monday, you had uh, uh, somebody phoning in. Yeah. The, the gay lad. He was a victim of a hate crime. Yes. And, well, I just wanted to know, how is he going on? I'd love to know how he's going on. Did he not phone back? No. What, did Ian not, did Ian not ring him back? No, because it's a phone-in show. And he didn't phone back? No, he's not phoned back since, but I hope he's all right. Yeah, so do I. He knows where he can come to. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're in charge for the next four nights, then? I am, yeah. So that, that have call... You plenty of ide- have you got plenty of ideas? I've got none whatsoever. Have you got any? Uh, well, you've sprung it on me. I haven't really thought about it, but um, did you request? Request for what? Musical, mu- musical request. What, like we, we can do, we can burst into song, maybe? 
First thing to know, do you know uh, Midnight Rambler, the Rolling Stones? No, how does that I go? You could do that round about 12 o'clock. How does it go? The Midnight Rambler. Um, da, 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 Midnight da, Rambler. Da. You heard yeah. about the Midnight... Yeah, I know. I, it's yeah, sort, yeah. It loses something in the translation when it's not Mick Jagger actually singing it. It does when it's just Robert. Yeah. But Robert, that was a lovely try. No, it was pathetic. Well, <laughs> I was being kind. He's calling a spade a spade. I like his candor. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you've got to be realistic in this world, aren't you? Yeah. Some people are brilliant. Some people are idiots. And unfortunately, I'm... Well, I'm not brilliant. So what does that leave me with? Oh, Robert. I think you're right in the middle of those two extremes. No, I don't want to be in the middle. You get knocked down there, don't you? You <laughs> never be in the middle of the road. You always get knocked down. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a pity about the, it's a pity about the gear, lad. I hope he's all right. Well, I hope so, too. Maybe he'll give us a ring tonight. Yeah, tell him, give us a ring. Tell him, tell him give us a ring. Give, give us a ring if you're listening, because Robert's worried about you. Thanks very much, Robert. 03444991000, and we have Gavin in Bishop Stortford. Hey, Gavin. How's it going? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. I notice you've got Katie Patrick um, mooching along next to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does she remember the time that she introduced George Best to Richard Ashcroft? Hang on a minute, I'll ask her. Do you remember the time that oh, you... Sorry, I didn't know you were both on the same... Introduced George Best to Richard Ashcroft. Well, I don't remember that because I don't think that was me. Doesn't think that was her. Oh, no, I am waving back, yeah. <laughs> so when did that happen uh, in that your memory? in... Um, and George Best, yeah, no, actually, Katie, I'm pretty sure you invited um, George Best to go and see the Verve. Um, that sounds like an enchanting evening for all concerned, but I don't think I was there. Um, I've oh, never met George Best, and I've never met Richard Ashcroft. But it does sound like a fever dream. Are you sure this isn't just something that... So I'm pretty sure, because um, you introduced George Best to the crowd and he said if i could sing like that and i was 20 years younger i'd like to sound like this man huh and then you brought him on to um to introduce richard ashcroft in the verb well the only thing that is ringing a ding dong for me is um bringing on oliver reed and then having him sing with the Lemonheads. No, so, so that's no, but um footballer wise i don't think i've ever met a footballer um barry no, but uh, you must have um well, unless I've got it completely wrong. I think you yeah. might have, Gavin. I'm going to look it up. To George Best. Well, as you're speaking to the person who didn't do it, then I think you might have got it a bit wrong, Gavin. Yeah, I haven't really got too many legs to stand on. No. The one who did it, was it, yeah. um, it wasn't Amanda Cadney, because that was before her time. Would uh, it have been Danny Bear? Uh, well, Amanda... Um, no, I wouldn't have thought, no, it was... Because it was in some... It was in some nightclub, and the verbs were playing really loud, and George Best was introduced, and... He said, I'd love to be able to sing as... Yeah. As well, well as I, I, I know. I've got the story. It was yeah, it wasn't me, though. It wasn't me. I just typed it in. I just, you know, went, entered it into a, a search machine. It's not spitting anything out. So, I don't Maybe know. it was one of those beautiful dreams. I think that you ate too much cheese one night, probably <laughs> at 11.55, and this is the result. And it is very colorful. It was. What a glorious dream, Gavin. I know, and I shall go back to it. Okay. <laughs> right, well, if you have any, if you get any further information, or you know, perhaps I've had my frontal lobe removed, and I don't know what I'm talking about, come back to us. Or maybe he just wants to tell you the story again. 
I know. And you'll remember it wasn't. <laughs> oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Thank you, by the way, to everyone who's been sending messages of yeah. support. That's great. People are all excited. But you know it'd be better? What? Get on the blower. Get on the blower. Don't be shy. Let your fingers do the walking. And then do your, let your mouth and lips do some flapping. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. You had some stuff you wanted to talk about tonight, didn't you? Oh, you know, it, it's nonsense. It's all ridiculous. Um, I am childish, and my imagination gets captured by things that are puerile. Um, so something that I've been enjoying, this is so bad. I'm like, basically, uh, I am a grown woman to all intents and purposes, but really I have the emotional capacity of a goth-loving 13-year-old girl. And uh, so I've been enjoying stories about reticulated pythons swallowing people whole. Um, that's just something that, that has galvanized me and caused me to be stimulated. This is a thing I saw in the newspaper the other yeah. day. Well, a newspaper, uh, like a website. And the really great thing about them these days is that they give you the explicit imagery without you having gone looking for it. So it was <laughs> right. straight there on the front page. Yeah, it it's like right this, there. It's always a... They kind of pixelated it out, but you could see that this woman was not very well inside that python. Yeah, she wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot of shaking going on in that department. But, um, yeah, this lady in, in Indonesia had gone out with her machete and her flip-flops to do a little gardening in the backyard and a python you know did the whole <laughs> surprise and um one thing that is sort of okay is like there's not a lot of chewing and like ripping limb to limb with pythons because they're all about the strangulation mm -hmm. and so they do bite though don't they well they, they probably do those teeth are used for something Catherine uh -huh. but um yeah they 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 do the whole they snuggle up they do a little spooning but you know untoward a little me too hashtag me too spooning that is not solicited and um they they squeeze all the air out of you. Uh, top tip. This is my pro tip. Maybe just hold your breath. Like keep keep puffed up and don't don't exhale. Maybe you can trick. Because once the breath is out, then it's not going back in. It's again, not going it? back in. Anyway, but the, to cut a long story short, so they you know, it squeezed her to death. That's not so good. But then the fun part is then the python just sucks her in like a ramen noodle. Um, and then, you know, it's like, hey, whatever happened to Betty? I don't know. And then they go in the backyard and there's her machete and flip-flops, no Betty. And then, oh, a mysteriously bloated python around the corner with a Betty-shaped bulge in the middle. And sure enough, they cut her open. They cut it open and there she is. God. But, um, but that wasn't actually, I mean, R.I.P. Betty, um, that's not so good. But the story that caught my eye, you know how they link to, like, if you love that story... You're, you're going to love this one. You're going to love this one. So I went to another one that was um, set in Florida many years ago, and it was a Burmese python that had been let loose. You know, run free Burmese python in the Florida Everglades. Um, and it was a total, like, Godzilla versus Mothra, you know, Japanese thriller showdown where the Burmese python got in a head-to-head, toe-to-toe situation with an alligator. So it was like a 12-foot alligator versus a 13-foot python. And the python did swallow the alligator, which was great. Like, it's so cool and so handy for packing on for, you know, um, carry-on luggage because you just slot one inside the other. It's like Tupperware. We just slot one inside the other. But then the brave, almost dead 
alligator had a little life left in it, and he did one last triumphant kick, and he exploded wow. the python from the inside out. So the it was just a it was like a pinata, an animal pinata, right? So the python, like they they found this exploded python. The head was missing. Python head was gone. But then, like alligator legs sticking out. And it was just like a Frankenstein animal parts wow. scenario. Right. I've got a phone in. Okay. It's just come to me. So right. what can't you eat? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. What doesn't agree with you? When was the last time something exploded or made you explode? <laughs> Give us a shout. Uh, you can also send us a uh, text message to. Well, you can send us a text message to eight seven two two two, and you have to put talk at the beginning of that with your message and that'll cost you 25p per message on top of your standard network rate or you can tweet us um at talk radio but actually it's probably easier if you at flipping calf that's me f-l-i-p-p-i-n-k-a-t-h and what's yours katie um my what your twitter oh it's just katie puckrick oh she got in there early yeah let's have a word with matt he's uh, in north wales and he's actually on line one now hi yes. matt evening ladies hey, how are you hi. what's going on Good, good. I've got a, a little Python story. Oh, good. To, to you there. Yes. Um, it's a bit scary. Okay. It's a bit weird, but a friend of a friend has a pet python, or should I say had a pet python. Uh-oh. And it had free reign of the house. Oh, man. Um, didn't really sleep in its tank or whatever you call them, vivariums, is it? Yeah. Used to sleep in the washing machine and the back of the telly cabinet and stuff. Uh-oh. Anyway, the lady was in bed one evening. And uh, she woke up in early hours of the morning, and the python was laid out in a dead straight line next to her. Oof. And it was um, it was sizing her up. <gasps> it was like, let's see, she's this long, I'm this yeah. long. Could be a That's nice, snug enough. little fit. Oh my God, why the hell was she not putting it back in its tank? But it just used to go all over the house and do what it wanted to. Oh, she no. got it years. And uh, I'm going to say it. Snake people. Snake people are weird. I don't get it. You know, get a puppy, a cute little rabbit, maybe if you don't mind keeping animals in boxes. Yeah. But a snake. Uh, that is a really interesting idea. That the snake was uh, hello, just mm-hmm. coming yeah. in for a closer look and maybe even a nibble. Hmm. Scary, eh? Yeah. Really scary. So anyway, she took it to the vets and they they actually put it down. Why? Because it had started to turn. Yeah, and stuff. I don't know. Maybe, you know, that might be a little preemptive, a preemptive strike, because maybe it was mm. just it wanted to get close stretch. to her. Yeah, a little stretch, a little spooning situation. Snuggle. Big spoon. Afternoon delight. Oh, God, no. Mm. Snakes. No, that was all. What okay. can't you eat, Matt? Beautiful. What can't what you can't eat? What can I eat? Yeah. Um, hot curries. What, just don't like them, or do they... They don't like me. Oh blimey! Yeah, talk about talk right. about exploding yeah. guts. Yeah, oh. I've got I've got bad bowels as it is. So um, have you? Doesn't doesn't help. No. Oh, oh no! Oh god no! I wouldn't tempt fate mm. with that one. Ring of no. fire. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Th- thanks for ringing with your delightful stories okay. and and your bad bowels. Thanks, I appreciate it. Cheers. Thank bye you. bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Kyle can't eat eggs. Imagine not being able to eat eggs. Eggs are in everything. Just eggs when they're like, hi, I'm an egg, or when it's cleverly disguised in a cookie. I have no idea. Or ice cream. Kyle, give us a ring. 0344 499 1000. We need to explore this egg problem further. I've been eating a lot of eggs recently because I'm trying to to, sort my diet out because I eat a lot of crap. Do you? 
Well, I have up to this point, right? You look so fresh-faced, though. <laughs> You're not like those cannibals we talked about. Remember, I talked it, the last time I was on. I was telling you about those cannibals that um, were eating everybody gradually in their village in in Russia somewhere. Oh yeah, and the and they got sussed because the guy. It was a couple, him and her, and the him cannibal left his dropped his phone in the middle of the street, and the road workers found photographs of like you know party platters with wow. you know heads and fingers. fingers. Classic Insta action. Yeah, and anyway, the, their mug shots they did not look like their skin was clear. So actually, steer, if you are trying to you know eat clean, clean eating, don't eat other human beings. No, don't do that. And if you do, then put it, a bit of salad with it. You know, just, salad is good. Yeah, yeah, that is like that will uh, right the wrongs. Yeah, you, you've got to just be careful. Just for everything in balance. Everything, everything in, in balance. That's right. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We are just um, talking balls as usual. And oh, we will, I have um, another sta- a snake story though. But do you? You're we're the talking boss. balls and we're talking snakes. But if you want to jump in at any point, you know you're welcome. It's the same drill as usual. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You'll get put through to Haley. Haley will ring you straight back. So it'll cost you next to nothing and you'll be on with me and Katie Potkrick the actual Katie Potkrick yeah, dig it. who's got a thing about snakes at the moment yeah. it's a metaphor do you want your shoot with one more oh yeah so um, so one snake story leads to another so do you know how when you're a child you have these irrational fears about like oh I'm afraid to use a strange toilet or it's like a toilet training thing where you think something will come out of the toilet and bite you yeah. you know bite you in the bone or whatever Anyway, it turns out the fear is not so rational, at least for a man in, um, again, in some part of the world where snakes run free, like Bambi or something. Um, this man, I can't remember what part of the world, like Vietnam or Cambodia or something, was using his squat toilet, i.e. hole in the ground, and, you know, was hunkering in for a good old uh, sit down of a sort. And he felt a sharp searing pain on his penis. And guess what? Whoa. A python again. They really have their eye on the prize, <laughs> those pythons. Um, so it came, yeah, it came out of the hole in the ground. The wife showed up. Thank goodness. Um, they, she managed to lasso the snake and, uh, blood was everywhere, but he, survived with his manhood intact but yeah it turned out that the snake had worked his way up through the the sewage so really if you were feeling confident about toilets don't now because there's no telling what could be in there no just always check your toilet first yeah and uh, i don't know maybe throw something down there first i don't know what you would a mouse a mouse what is going on with the pythons though why are they going for the bigger stuff oh yeah why are they going for the bigger stuff that's the other thing is um because alligators are doing that recently in Florida. They're, like, attacking humans. Wasn't there a lady in Florida recently who was... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. She was walking her dog. Uh, she decided not to go... I mean, Florida, steer clear Florida. That's my overall advice for everybody. But um, especially if you have a small dog and you need to exercise it, maybe don't go to the alligator-infested swamps. But I think she actually made a decision, like, oh, I'm not going to go to the swampy area. I'm going to go to the park with the lake well guess what there was a lady eating alligator at the lake and didn't go for the dog wow went for her instead yeah just went for her and you know the dog was barking and no lady and that's the end of that but yeah so they had to find they had to oh they found her arm they they didn't find her but they found her arm inside the alligator and it had her tattoos on it's like yeah that's jane's former arm my god your google searches katie 
I it's a problem. Do I need to wipe my computer? Because I think you might need to see someone. I need to. I get interested. I have a keen and inquiring mind, Catherine. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio with Catherine Boyle and Katie Pockrick. Yes. The mother of all radio stations, Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. So you're listening to Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle. You'll probably recognise my voice, even though it doesn't speak quite so often normally on a weeknight. But um, I'm normally in with Ian Lee. He's away uh, living it up in New York City. And so, while the cat's away, the mouse has got a mate round. It's Katie Puckrick. Yeah, the mouse has her favourite little kitten coming in. <laughs> we have had... Like a really fun evening. We went out for a meal beforehand. I ate with chopsticks, even though I'm not massively confident with chopsticks. Did you notice? No, I wasn't actually judging you. I wasn't aware that I was supposed to be assessing your chopstick competence. No, I feel really proud of myself. I didn't ask for a spoon. But we have... um we had that big bowl of mush and it kind of all sticks together anyway so yeah. so it's not like you needed to be that slick with no, your chopsticks even skills so, even so i'm i'm claiming a little victory there yeah no it was good i i you were convincingly cosmopolitan oh god i'm passing yeah i'm totally passing let's have a quick word with gary in fact he's calling himself gary but we know him as gatford word up gatford sup yeah what's going sup? on as, as the kids say um <laughs> loving the work um <laughs> I can't eat salmon. Why? Oh. I want it a bit of salmon with a huge bone in it. And from now on, so I don't eat salmon because uh. I'm worried about the bones. And I, I don't really like it either, but I'm, I'm seriously worried about bones and swallowing and choking and dying. Ah, uh, so it's become a psychological thing. Yeah. But wait, what did the bone do to you? Did it get lodged sideways in your esophagus? No, no, but it, it, it made me... I, I can't remember if I was ill I threw up or anything. I think I just didn't like it, you know, mm. it sort of lodged in the throat like, it was like a fur it, it was like a fur ball you just kind of yeah. like h- horked it up a little bit and then left the salmon and removed myself from the from the dinner table i've noticed there are two kinds of people in this world people who'll have stuff like that happen to them and crack on and do it again yeah. and those who will allow that to dictate their future salmon use <gasps> Are you saying I'm a salmon denier? I'm saying, is there probably something else that you don't do anymore that you did in the past and you don't do it anymore because something weird happened? This is the thing about my toes. What about your toes? I only have nine of them now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is this something everybody except for me knows about? Well, but no, no, I, I, I don't wish to think of it. It's just maybe some of the people in this forum would. Uh, but oh. yeah, I, about a year and a half ago, no, just over a year, I had a, a toe amputated. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Unrelated to salmon. Okay. Well, you think that. It, well, it can't well, be, can it, because you've eliminated that from the diet. Are you saying if I kept eating salmon, I may have kept the toe? Only you can know that, Gatford. Only you yeah. can know that. Oh, that's really terrible. It is a, it is something to think about, but it's probably no point thinking about it. You're not going to grow one. You might grow one back. No, I don't know. I like tuna. Does that count? Uh, yeah. Is tuna as good for you as salmon? Yeah. yeah isn't, it, isn't it good for your brain, tuna? Ironically. Yeah. How how are you eating it? Out of a tin or or, or, or straight off the fish? Straight off the fish, like a big lollipop, like a big like a big fish lollipop. They're bloody massive tuna, aren't they? Yeah. They don't. Oh, they don't come in little um circles like you think they would. Because I've never had tuna other than from a can. I've never had a tuna steak. Haven't you? No. I I grew up poor. Well, I mean, but you're not anymore, Gary. Well, mm. Okay. Well, you're not that, surely. Come on, you can splash out for one tuna steak. 
not payday till Friday. Right, well, um, well, come Friday, it's going to be yeah. fishtastic around your your place. Yeah, fish around mine on Friday. Everyone welcome. Um, and uh, and uh, I have no Python stories, but I do remember when I went to America, alligators in the we were going to Cape Canaveral, and they, the the coach stopped to allow alligators to cross the road. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, Florida is a total apocalyptic war zone of prehistoric creatures who all want to eat you. Yeah. And like the, 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 the guy was saying, because we were saying, like, why have we stopped? He said, oh, you know, I'm not going to run over the alligator or go round the alligator. It might attack the coach. Really? Well, that's what he said. I don't know if he was joking. How big was it? It was, um, it was a good six foot. Uh, you don't mess with those six footers i went on a a, one of those uh gentle bend type boats you know ones that look like a hairdryer through the everglades like like you're in louisiana or something yeah but this is in florida through the everglades right and it was it was terrifying and brilliant at the same time and also disgusting because they kick up quite a lot of water and it goes in your mouth Ew. and it's basically gator wee so we were going through there and they would pop up every now and again and they're bloody big things yeah they're they're tough and they're um they're vicious and the guy who was running the tour had this like little gator reserve he called it a reserve but actually it seemed like just a place for him to sit on them and point at them and generally show off how tough he was with a gator that had its mouth bound. Oh, okay, I was going to say. And he, and he had a sticker, I'll never forget, it says, Guns, Gators and God. Cool, oh in that order. Yeah, that's where he was going, Gators God, first. God bless America. Sorry. Yeah. God bless America, no, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you went on those ones, did he have, like, because I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of, like, a television show with, like, one of those boats on it. I'm, I can't really think of one, but I don't, I'm thinking, did it have, like, a stick to drive? Uh, yeah, I think it did. I don't think it had a steering wheel. No, because they just have, like, some sort of, like, gear stick that you just go left and right and... I I believe they call it a rudder. Something like that. Yeah, it did. And then a bloody big fan on the back. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what... I could draw you a picture and send it in. How about that? Okay, well, you get on with that and I'll speak to Dave. Hello, Dave. I love that song. Dave, I love that song. You said you were going to play it and you played it. I did. Oh, you're a man of your word and I love that about you. You totally triggered her there. Oh, well, she was thank back. Thank you very much. It's very lovely to speak to you. I hope you have a great show and a great few days. Well, it's it can't get any worse and I'm on a meow, meow, meow high. <laughs> I love that song. That ad was, that's reminiscent of my youth in America. And that was, well, uh, yeah. it's an you're, earworm. You're a of my, my youth in Britain. Oh, here honest. we go. Here I we mean, go. Here we go. Oh, you guys had no, meow, no, meow, no, meow, no. meow mix here? No, we didn't. Oh. But Dave is about to uh, put the moves on you, I believe. Dave, crack on. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. My wife would kill me. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. Actually, I was ringing, I was ringing up to um, talk to you. You know that um, just, uh, I, I often don't listen to the, the show at night because I just don't have the opportunity. I listen to it the next day. And Ian was asking about um, things on the fringe that changed your life the other day. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was on the fringe that changed my life, I just thought I'd share this story because there are people out there who are thinking, when will this wonderful thing happen to me? Um, I, 30 years ago, got introduced to a band called Runrig. Oh, I've heard of them. Uh, Scottish, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're fantastic. And they were great. And I, 
I got introduced to them by my cousins in Scotland, and it was wonderful. And I came back, and I did what everybody else does, which you're not supposed to do, made a tape from the CD, gave it to my friend. And, and so you one killed night, live music with home taping, that's what you did. I know, we all didn't, we, we were terrible. We were awful people, pirates. No wonder there's no live music anymore. <laughs> totally your fault. <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, I went round his house one day, we were going to go to the Rocky Horror Show, which I didn't really want to go to, but he said, Dave, come along, um, I've got some tickets, and you, you, know, you can have one. So I went along, and there was this girl there, and she was posh. I was working class. It was very much like a, you know, the swap roles from Pretty in Pink. And uh, she was lovely. And uh, I was really punching above my weight with this girl. And she said, oh, he put this music on. And she said, that's wonderful. What is it? And he said, oh, it's a band called Runwick. And Dave's got the, the original and he'll send you a tape. And so I did. Um, and I also um, sent her another thing that was on the fringe, which Katie might know, being an American, was a comic strip called Bloom County. I oh, know yeah. Know, is it? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, with Opus the Penguin and Bill the Cat and... Yeah. All that. Yeah. So I sent her this book and I said, you know, you might enjoy this, because I love it, and, you know. And so that was that. And 13 years later, I met her while we were both walking down the aisle of our wedding. Oh. She was the bridesmaid. I know. And we danced. Our first song was um, a song called That Final Mile by Run Rig, um, which is a wedding song. And all of our tables didn't have numbers. They were all named after characters from Bloom County. Oh, that's great. And so this is all because you went to Rocky Horror Picture Show that night? Yep. Yeah, I'd never met that girl before in my life, uh, even though she existed. And it was all because of Runrig. She heard that, that band, and I sent her the tape, and then it went from there. Uh, so I told my three children that apart from, if it wasn't for Runrig, they wouldn't exist. Ah, uh, that's a good story. I like a story with a happy ending. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> You're welcome. You're romantic or thing. Bye-bye. Thanks. I wasn't expecting that starting out I with Meow Mix. I wasn't either, but, you know, he has a good sense of the dramatic. He has a flair for, for narrative and for building. Yeah. We went from the, from the ridiculous to the sublime. How lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. So that's how some people meet at Rocky Horror. Have you ever been to that Rocky Horror picture show? Oh, that was my whole thing when I was a teenager. I was Columbia. I dressed up as the, the tap-dancing, uh, red-haired, uh, I don't know what you'd call her, ingenue, who was crazy about the meatloaf character who was called Eddie. And because I always wanted to have bright red hair, uh, as a teenager, the only uh, chemicals I could get my hand on for to dye my hair was food coloring. So I used to pour this red food coloring in my hair, which by halfway through the Rocky Horror Picture Show was streaming down my <sighs> head in a kind of Dawn of the Dead zombie <gasps> scenario. It was pretty gory. But yeah, um, really bad homemade... Uh, Columbia outfit where I, I think I got my, you know, gym shorts from class and then sewed some uh, sequins on them and then got my old tap shoes and the food coloring red hair and clown white makeup. But yeah, it was fun. How about you? Did you ever I, do that? I've been, but I never dressed up. I remember taking, a, I had a Spanish boyfriend came over and it was never quite the same. We, we were cool in Spain, but when he came over, I don't know, it was something, something was different. I just... 
maybe it was the, the you know obviously I, I was probably in love with the city more than I was in you know in love with him. Oh, you were in love with yourself in Spain, like yeah. the, the you, the Spanish you, the cosmopolitan probably. you. Probably, and I was like, oh god, he's come to my my world, and it's actually quite boring, isn't it? Right. And he smokes too much. He used to smoke on the toilet, and oh. he was obsessed with doner kebabs, right? Because you couldn't get them in Spain. Yeah. And he used to buy two. He used to buy one for his tea and he'd put one in the fridge for his breakfast. Ew. The guy had to go. And he wore double denim. But I did take him to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show and yeah. he said, this this is this is the most British thing I've ever seen. Oh, interesting. Because he said, you know, you're all so uptight about, you know, stuff. And then, of course, by night, you're t- all these blokes turn up in stockings and suspenders. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's probably not wrong about that. Yeah. I saw it in America when I was a teenager. This was... Actually, it was kind of a precursor to punk rock for American kids, or, or maybe it was the gateway drug to punk rock, because that was, you know, one week I was in standing in the queue with my little 16-year-old male friends who were wearing fishnets and clogs, because... <laughs> Uh, suburban teenagers couldn't get their hands on stilettos for men, so the best they could do were clogs <laughs> with fishnets and suspenders. But then the next week, there they were in leather jackets. Uh, there we all were at the 930 Club watching punk rock bands. So, yeah. Was it kind of the first, for them, I guess, the first time that they kind of broke out of the, you know, short back and sides, yeah. straight lace America thing? It was a way to fly your freak flag. Uh-huh. And uh, this was I, I grew up in suburb, suburban Virginia and D.C., Washington, D.C. was the closest city that we'd all go to. And um, and I was part of this whole little crowd that included Henry Rollins, who went on to yeah. front Black Flag and is now a bit of a publishing magnet and spoken word artist and radio broadcaster, um, film actor, all sorts of things. But, yeah, he Henry used to work at the local ice cream parlor in D.C., and uh, have some little punk bands. I don't think I ever saw him in clogs and suspenders and fishnets at Rocky Horror, but he did uh, that at home. Yeah, he did that at home. He did it on his. Uh, he did it off the clock. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is a phone number. If you want to give us a ring, you can. Otherwise, we're going to talk balls. I mean, we will do that anyway. Talk balls all night. And um, you're free to give us a ring. You can also text us uh, to eight seven two two two. Put talk at the beginning of your message, or you can send us a tweet uh, via tw- uh, at flipping Kath or at Katie Pockrick. Um, Michael sent us a text message through. Thanks for this, Michael. There was a British woman a few weeks ago who went to, I think, Africa with her fiancé to get married. Oh, yeah. But while there, she was attacked by a crocodile and had her arm bitten off. They still got married. Oh, I heard I I that remember story. that, yeah. yeah. Didn't he save her? I think so. Didn't he fight the thing off? I'm sure. I'm pretty sure he did. Oh, I remember that story. Yeah, it was, oh, that is, a, talk about a monkey wrench in the works. Um, well, I guess I won't forget that honeymoon um but yeah he talk about through better or worse they've already had uh the worst so things can only get better we'd hope um so uh yeah we're also asking what um i completely forgot my train of thought we're also asking what can't you eat uh after the alligator that um managed to bust its way out of a massive python pythons as well are looming large in tonight's show yeah i don't know they captured my imagination but yeah that alligator i think was like a it was like a size differential problem you know the classic your eyes are bigger than your (laughs) your what is it? Your eyes are bigger than your stomach? Your eyes are bigger yeah, than your head? Your belly, yeah, your belly, bigger than... Yeah, so that python looked at the alligator and thought, I can have that, and then he exploded, which, 
You know, I, I always suspected that might be a possibility uh, after the third helping of ice cream. And now I know that it is a distinct uh, threat. Yeah, the thing is about that ice cream. I mean, in this situation with the alligators, that you're eating something that is an armored, like an armored car, isn't it? Yeah. So it's used to doing stuff with you. I don't know how much, dear listener, you know about pythons. I know very little. But what I do know is that they'll kind of grip you, squash you. Yeah. Till you are... Um, you're completely out of it and then they'll swallow you whole, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They then don't they tend do, to bite you up to be No, pieces. no, they do, they do the kind of digesting, it's passive digesting, what, you know, like saliva, like total, um, weaponized saliva will dissolve you, like an acid bath. But it turns out that, um, alligators are too crunchy. There, well, it also, I think it just had a, uh, like a nervous reaction or, you know, like when chickens get their heads cut off, but they can still run around that idea. I've been told. Um, but yeah, this alligator still had a little life in it and did a, did a little kung fu kick out of the side of the python. Man alive. So, yeah. So what can't you eat? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio with me, Catherine Boyle and Katie Pockrick. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. Right, so tonight I'm asking you about stuff you can't eat and stuff you've stopped doing because last time something weird happened. 0344 499 1000. Also, I think I might smell a plasticine. Right, I bought this stuff on your recommendation. Katie, you're nuts about scent, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I have a YouTube channel and a blog called Katie Puckrick Smells, and I discuss perfume, and I also write about it across various publications. So I bought this stuff kind of on your recommendation. Yeah. Molecule. I'm not blaming you. Yeah, Molecule 01, 01 right? Yes. And I read all the... Did uh, I tell you to buy that? I, I read one of your things. Oh, you read a thing. And I'm okay. highly suggestible, especially when yes, it comes to are. buying treats, right? Yeah. And I had a That's little That's a bit. good thing to buy. Okay, so what's your experience with it? What's your problem? Right, well, so I bought... I looked at the reviews first. Yes. It's really hard to buy perfume we've not smelt first yeah, of all isn't it yeah. but i do quite like to take a punt now and again yeah that's a good one to take a punt with so i read the reviews and this thing either people adored it and then there'll be a couple of people going this is a con this doesn't smell of anything yeah it's a bit emperor's new clothes yeah so i'm wondering i'm wondering whether i've been done or not no because it, the weirdest thing is and it's not it's not a cheap perfume no it's a lot of money, and I put it on, and I, the first experience was, oh, it smells like I've just put vodka on me. Yeah, it does. It smells like rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Uh, so- and then <laughs> I can't smell anything. Yeah, delight. Um, here's the thing about Molecule 01. It's made out of an ingredient. It's not technically one molecule, but it is one ingredient, and the ingredient is called ISO-E Super. And it is a fragrance ingredient that you can find in fine fragrances, perfumes, men's aftershaves, etc. And you can also find it in toilet cleaner and household products. And it is an all-purpose unifier. It adds sort of a, a, a velvety, woodsy, pleasing quality to any fragrance. And it is universally beloved. It doesn't seem to have a a gender profile. So you wouldn't smell it and go, oh, this is a very masculine smell or a very feminine smell. It's just kind of a universal, "Mm, you smell good. And if you were to describe it, you would say, oh, it's kind of like um, cedarwood, a little sandalwoody. So it's kind of woodsy, a little spicy, and perhaps a little musky. But it's it doesn't have great depth. It's just it really is just an ingredient that is in virtually every single fragrance that you would ever encounter to varying degrees. And so 
uh, Geza Schoen, who's the perfume mastermind behind the brand uh, Eccentric Molecules, he had the brainwave, like, hey, it just smells good on its own. Let's just market it as, uh, you know, a, an, a one-size-fits-all fragrance. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of goof-proof. But the funny thing about it is this, um, fragrance molecules are different sizes. So sometimes people are anosmic, meaning they can't smell a particular smell because the molecules themselves are too big to smell. And so that accounts for some why some people can smell, have a really strong sense of smell because they can actually smell the different size molecules. So the the case with uh, Molecule 01, the fragrance that you're wearing, mm-hmm. um, not everyone can smell it. So that's why it plays a little peekaboo hide-and-seek. But uh, So you spread it on yourself, hoping to have a lovely... A sensual experience of it being in a cloud of your own wonder and delight. Unfortunately, you just don't have the ability to smell how good it smells. I can smell it on you. It smells great. Can you smell it really? Yeah. Because I've been sniffing really hard and all I can smell is a slight smell of plasticine and that might just be where my kids have been touching me because they always smell you, like a plasticine or quavers. Your, ch- your children are robots and they, <laughs> they're, they're AI and they, uh, yeah, no, it definitely doesn't smell like plasticine. It, I will say that when you first spray it on and this goes for most fragrances, they will smell alcoholic because alcohol yeah. is the carrier fluid for fragrances. But particularly with ISOE uh, ISO Super Molecule 01, it does smell rubbing alcoholish. But what the mistake people make with that fragrance is I can't smell it. And then they keep spraying and spraying. They overspray and then it's really pong-tastic and they really? overdo it. But I guarantee you, if you sprayed some on a t-shirt and then put it in the washer and the dryer, you would still smell it. You take it out of the dryer and you can still smell it. So it's very, very persistent. Wow. I've got to be careful then. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely like a space age fragrance. Um, but it is, the thing that's good about it is, um, you can layer it with anything else. You can kind of customize it. Mm. Don't get me started on talking about smells. I already did. Uh oh. And if you want to um, read more or see more, you've got this yeah. YouTube channel. Right? D- yeah. So if you go, actually, just go to my website, which is Katie Puckrick Smells. It's my blog. And then if I ever do any videos, which I, I have to say, I've been kind of goofing off <laughs> for a few years, I'm on an extended hiatus and it's called laziness. But, um, but still, I do crop up with articles and uh, the occasional broadcast pontification on olfactory matters. So, Katie Pugrick smells. It's it's not just you know. It sounds rude, but actually, it's um, it's what she does. It's edifying people. Herself. I can't help it. It's it sounds a little fetishy, and possibly that's at the heart of it. But no, smell is interesting. It's above and beyond. Um, you know, a, a lovely cloud of pleasure that you can surround yourself with. I mean, of course, that's part of it. But also, it's just interesting psychologically to think about, mm-hmm. you know, how comforted or disturbed we can be by different smells. I used to know someone who couldn't smell or taste. Cause they're linked, aren't they? Yes. So I don't know what happened. Mm. I think she might have had a blow to the face or something oh, dear. as a kid. Yes. But it knocked out her sense of smell and taste. Terrible. And she used to make the most disgusting looking cakes. Oh. I did wonder sometimes whether she could see very well because she seemed to <laughs> compensate with the lack of taste. I don't know. If the, the cakes never tasted of much, but they were always oh. like a ridiculous color. Oh. Or, you know, she went nuts with the old coloring. Yeah. No, because the thing about... Um, 
well, taste, you know, probably about 90% of taste is informed by your sense of smell. And I mean, which anyone can experience. If you have a cold, you suddenly don't have any pleasure mm-hmm. from food. But also, if you can't smell, you don't have pleasure from sex, from, you know, you can't, you, you're part of the environment, your environment, your surrounding world is, is locked off and blocked off to you because yeah. you can't, you can't take it in. And there's actually studies that show that people are, um, more prone to depression and um, have a shorter lifespan. Like, it's not great to not be able to smell God. for a lot of different reasons. Wow. Okay, well, we will uh, talk more about uh, stuff. If anyone else has tried this perfume as well, can you smell it on yourself or is it? am I going to have to squirt it on someone else? Or? You might. It's a funny thing. What you can do is squirt it in the air or squirt it in the room or on a pillow or mm-hmm. something. Leave the room, come back in, and you'll and smell it. smell it. Yeah. Okay, as long as I've not... Just been... twirl it, like, spray it on yourself and twirl around and go... Cah! try and catch that smell right cool I, that, that, I will definitely have a, a little go with that oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand you're listening to talk radio with me Catherine Boyle and I've got uh, Katie Puckrick in the studio Katie Puckrick is a person who I picked up in a, uh, a record shop yes you did you approached me in a very bold bold fashion not like me at all actually <sighs> it was totally but like we, you we had a run-up though because we'd seen you the day before at some sort of event and, um, oh, yeah, the Sparks event. Yeah, and both yeah. been kind of elbowing each other to say, go and say hello to her, go and say hello to her, but neither of us did. I wish you had, because I was a bit lonely. I felt like self-conscious and lonely. I was sitting right in the front, right in front of Ron and Russell Nail. Who are your pals, of course. Yeah, they were my pals, of course. But they had, you know, they were on the stage. They were being interviewed by the Silver Fox, known as Matt Everett from Six Music. And... um I was sitting there thinking, why aren't I doing this interview? And then it turns out that you were, you and Ian were scoping me out. We were scoping you out. And then, so when we saw you again, it was like, right, this time we're not messing around. We're going to go and have a word with her. And, I liked you. And now we can't shake you. You can't. I am so, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't know how easy and available I was. Cause that was the thing. You guys came up to me at the, the Sparks in store that was yeah. happening at, um, at Rough Trade the next night and said, and I remember Ian was so, like, overcome with shyness. Like you were, you were making all the moves. You were the flirty fisher, and he was there just going like, oh, like nodding a sense. Well, he's hugely socially awkward, is he now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he talks a good game on air, but uh, yeah. actually in real life, I'm the one who um, who goes and finds. Yes. Well, you know, there's a there's hunting and gathering, and then there's. <laughs> then there's then there's the eating, <laughs> the consuming of what's been hunted and gathered, and that's what we're doing tonight, of course. Yes. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And ah, uh, yeah. This here's another thing. Okay. And I can't help you with this, but we were talking about it earlier on. Okay. Dating. Yeah. Right. So I don't think I ever really properly dated. I just <gasps> did the nineties um, thing of got drunk and fell into people's mouths. Oh yeah. Uh, discos. I um, never did that. Didn't you? It wasn't a very it wasn't a very good or discriminatory way to pick a partner to be honest. And is it just that the both of you are inebriated yeah. and then it's just like oh we don't have to make any choices. Yeah, it's about drunkenness and proximity for okay. the most part. Well, unwillingness of course. You yeah. Know, you know, they have to not move out of the way when you fall, but but this thing of dating these days it's all like, you know, people going on Twitter and uh, People do on Twitter, but Tinder and all these different things. Yeah. It's a whole new world. And you've I'm found scared. yourself in it, haven't you? Well, no, I, um, we, we've spoken about this before, but I'm certainly in the market for a, a gentleman friend. And, um, I wouldn't be averse to kissing somebody. That would be nice. Um, I mean, especially if they wanted to kiss me back, that'd be great. Uh, but the idea of going on, um, some sort of platform where you're advertising your wares is, 
daunting because, it, of course, it enters. It just adds that rejection button to the whole mix. I mean, there's already that's for some reason. If it's in person, I feel like you can size up the person and you can read the body language and hear the language language and. You know, you can kind of let each other down easy because we're all adults and you can kind of, you know, how to not hurt people's feelings. But somehow when it's depersonalized and it's turned into this transaction, uh, this consumer transaction of uh, dating websites, my fear is that uh, people get objectified yeah. and that you just kind of go uh, next pass absolutely because a lot of these things, it's all about the photo, isn't it? It's so all about the photo. Yeah. What if you get a really crappy photo? Well, or you get a brilliant photo that looks absolutely nothing like you. Yeah, that's the other problem. You know, I knew the other thing is um, you kind of have to have stamina. Um, I knew this man who he was so efficient about. I mean, he was a TV producer anyway, so he, I think he kind of produced his his um, dating life. And so what he would do is just he would line up, you know, coffee, lunch, after lunch, coffee, pre dinner drink, dinner, post dinner drink with like six different guys, and then just like a lot 10 minutes except i guess dinner could be allotted half an hour but he would just plow through wow. it was like an interview process where's the fun in that i mean was there any time schedule for that the fun yeah i don't know i mean it's certainly efficient but it seems exhausting and then the other thing is you wonder if there's just crazy people i mean i know i was saying to you at dinner that there i know this great guys he's actually my pen pal on my perfume website his name is dan and he's handsome he's rich he's smart he's a great writer and um he would all he always he finds his ladies on um the, the dating websites and he's he's been with somebody for like three or four years now from that but but he's certainly found his fair share of cra- crazy people mm. who like, you don't find out till you're in the sack and then they're like you know, you're my mean dad. And they like they make him role play. And he's like, oh, I don't oh, man. really want to be your mean dad in this scenario. Thank you. If you're listening to this and thinking, right, I, I've been there and I know more because I can't help Casey with this stuff at all. <laughs> I need help. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one. Give me courage. Because, you know, this is this swiping left and swiping right and all that stuff. It's just well, it I, does seem real cutthroat, really cutthroat. It's a little cutthroat. And then also just on the street, anecdotally, I hear people discuss discussing it in a very um, brusque and brisk fashion. And then you hear the stories like my girlfriend say, oh, yeah. And then then they're, you know, texting me at four in the morning because they want to hook up. And I'm thinking, I believe that's called a booty call. Is that what they're calling it? I don't like I call it as a flaming cheek. If you're asleep, you're asleep. Yeah, that's right. I'm off the clock. So, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Need your help on this one. Um, what on earth is is a girl to do? And how do you meet someone these days? You know, you get to the point where you're no longer going to clubs and getting sloshed and oh. falling into people. How do you do it? Oh, I have. Can I tell you my next story? Or are we talking to a lovely listener? We're yeah. we're talking to a lovely listener. Okay, good. And I'm about to go to the news. Okay. So hold fire, Katie. I'll hold, I'll hold fire. And I'll hear from you soon. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk radio. Get more passionate debate, more outspoken opinion and more digital debate for the UK. Your voice counts. Get it heard on talk radio. We'll get you talking. So if you meet someone online, are they always going to be um, crackers or someone that you wouldn't speak to in real life? That's the big question. Yeah, I mean, it. 
I you're t- the blind leading the blind here because I have not done done that. I, I'm afraid to, but I think I'm very old fashioned. I think I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the 20th century. Well, listen, when we when we were younger, um, when I was single, people that met online were always weird. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was, was also, kind of the start of it all, wasn't it? Well, it was also like specialty groups, like you know, like you know, Christians looking to meet other Christians or, you know, teddy bear fanciers or, you know, like totally niche. So you did need to kind of dig a little deeper. But now in our busy multitasking life, and we're already on the computer anyway, uh, it's not such a big deal. No, apparently not. But I'm wondering whether it's going to make a move from online to real life again, because everything's so, it's cyclical, isn't it? Yeah, I like real life. Um, I'm a in fan. I'm a fan of uh, uh, reality and uh, being able to smell the person and see them and size them up. So important. Yeah, I did meet somebody. I mean, that's the thing is that I'm always uh, keeping my eyes open, but at a certain point, people are paired up. So that's kind of the problem now. At the peak of my uh, whatever I have to offer. I'm not sure what that is, but I'm sure it's the peak. I can tell you that much. Um, Yeah, people are kind of paired up. So you're either waiting for people to pop their clogs or (laughs) to to break up. Yeah, yeah. So that's not, it's not very positive if you think you're waiting for people to die. It does go in waves, though. I've noticed that, you know, it seems to be that (laughs) everyone gets married around the same time. They start popping out kids at the same time. Mm. I'm waiting for phase three when everyone's going to start deciding they can't stand each other anymore. It's going to (laughs) happen. Phase three. It's going to happen. Phase three. Well, I mean, I was, uh, here's the thing with me is that, um, I'm divorced, so that's I'm sort of coming through the other end. So it's that's the weird thing is um, having to reinvent or rediscover what your dating persona is as an adult. Because it's one thing, like you said, when you're uh, when you're young and you're just kind of like stumbling from one to the next. Yeah, yeah, stumbling one to the next. I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I was ever that uh, that sort of confident, but. I wasn't. I always went out with someone for ages, and then I'd, we'd split up, and then I'd go out with someone else for you ages. You know what? Come to mention, I had a little phase of being very kind of free and easy, very sex in the city when I was 19 years old. But here's the, the, here's the thing. This may have been the key to my success, my social success. I was in a plaster body cast. What? What? <laughs> I was very popular with the boys, and I was in a plaster body cast. I okay, so I had back surgery. I had major back surgery when I was a teenager. I had spine spine curvature, scoliosis, mm-hmm. and they had to get in there and damage my vertebrae and stick a metal rod in there. So I am bionic, so that's great, and I'm an inch taller. So I like to say it's cosmetic surgery. But I was in this 15 pound plaster body cast. It looked like the kind of thing that Grace Jones would have worn, but maybe not as sleek and beautiful. And it went from my armpits right down to the tops of my thighs. So I look kind of like a walking dustbin. Wow. Um, but do you think yeah. it gave you extra confidence? You thought, well, what the hell? I think I don't know what it was. Armor. It was armor. Yeah. Did it give me confidence? Funny. Yeah. I used to go. That was the time where I was really hitting. Um, I was into my music and I was going down to nightclub 930 in D.C. where all these great punk bands and new wave bands were. And I still danced. I did a lot of fancy footwork. But, yeah, I certainly had a few bows at that time. I wonder what the secret was. Maybe they were 
fetishists. Maybe they were. Maybe you were easier to catch. <laughs> I was easier to catch. <laughs> and it was like cow tipping. You know, once they pushed me over, I couldn't get back up. So <laughs> <laughs> not weird, though. I, I often wonder why, how people realize that they've got a fetish. Right. Because in fact, I read this thing earlier. Oh, on. yeah. Meet the normal tax-paying citizens with pony fetishes. I mean, that is not an accidental thing to happen across, is it? That's pretty precise. Who show jump dressed like horses. It's a group in Louisiana. They compete in pony play competitions while dressed in saucy horse gear, including mouth gags, face masks, fishnet stockings, latex, leather whips and chains. Okay, so these, they're not dressed like, uh, they're not plushies, because, you know, the plushie no. crowd are kind of more like cuddly toys. Yeah, the furries. Yeah, the furries. So these guys are more like, oh, I like the get the uh harnesses and uh, yeah oh it's funny you should say that because in my aforementioned punk rock years one of my looks was a high ponytail you know propped up in the back of my head and then i had i would grip a bit a horse bit between my teeth and then i would tie it up to the to the, my <gasps> ponytail but that wasn't pony play i mean that was me just trying to look hard because i did just look like a catholic school girl so <laughs> i was trying to toughen up my look you weren't trying to entice anyone to take you over the jumps no i really did not want to you know hit that bale of hay this group apparently claimed to be vanilla between monday to friday and on the weekends they love strapping on their stirrups and saddling up for two days of pony play so wait so some people are the ponies and some people are the riders or is everyone the pony i'm guessing because i know that they take I, turns i've heard of the puppy thing what's the puppy thing? oh gosh some people are puppies and they will, yeah, they'll they'll be puppies. So they'll the wee on your shoe? They'll do all that stuff. You take them for walks, you throw things, they'll bring it back. A lot of it is about the sort of... Infantile. And the harnessing. Here's, okay, this is the closest I can come to that. I'm trying to, I'm helpfully, I'm trying to help you in your stint Quest here. for knowledge, man. Quest for knowledge, yes. Um, so the other day I was at the dentist. <laughs> this is, I, it occurred, I was in this scenario that I thought, if I were a different kind of person, I would, this could be my new fetish. But I was getting fitted for a mouth guard because I grind my teeth and um, I have such strong jaws. Turns out that your masseter muscles are the strongest muscle in your body. You should have kept that bit. Yeah, should it? Well, that's how I got in this predicament. Uh, so, um, so as my dentist, my lovely dentist was making me a mouth guard. And so in order to do that, you have to <laughs> bite into this disgusting, talk about plasticine, this tray filled with this blue goo and it makes a mold. And then they send it to the lab. But so she, you know, forces this thing and to my, you know, mouth, and then I have to bite on it. Tastes terrible. And then she tenderly wiped my face with a baby wipe, at, which I couldn't talk or move or anything. And she's just very tenderly wiping off the the blue plasticine that stuck to my face. And I just thought, I am like this is like being a toddler with you know with a spag ball on my face. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, this is some people would like they would pay for this to happen to them. This is how it starts. In fact, it? I was I did pay her, so I am exactly. that person. You are. You're <laughs> oh, a punter. No. So you paid to be you paid to be. <laughs> wiped clean I by a strange woman strange woman it was very soothing i felt very tranquil did you after. feel did you feel looked after i felt I, yeah i felt looked after i felt looked after but those pony play people are not being looked after i mean did they did they're being ridden hard they're being ridden hard and put away what did they do <laughs> they do they ever get prizes do they get a blue I'm ribbon guess, i'm guessing that they may <laughs> I would be in it. Rosette's involved. Yeah, Rosette. I mean, because I'm competitive and I would want to know that I could win. Here we go. This is one of them. 
<laughs> our outfits that we make are based off of a bio horse equipment or made from horse equipment that's been rearranged to fit humans it can get pretty costly so people are very proud of the outfits they put together yeah. i enjoy kicking the cart and giving my rider a really hard time so they have to try and get us to obey i'm free i run around i gallop i jump i nuzzle and i get the head scratches Wow, they get it all. They like being naughty. That's being what it is, naughty. isn't it? They're being and naughty. Being reined in. Being reined in, being dominated. Huh. That's so specific. That's very specific. I did have, I have a friend. Actually, she's still my friend, but we don't do this thing anymore. But she used to have. God, where's this going? The, well, it involves ponies. My Little Pony. So she would have, she would stage in her apartment my little pony gymkhana's and it was just an excuse for like lurid boozy you know girly get together and a few boys but um it was just a party but it would have this weird theme and i just figured oh beba's kitsch you know she likes his kitschy stuff but now now maybe it's a little like baby on, pony play were you dressing up no we weren't we oh, were just, playing with the dolls we were playing with the my little pony plastic toy dolls that are ponies and then it was supposed to be Jim Connor. but it really was just an excuse to eat too much she made cakes we ate cakes oh god I'd be in there yeah no matter how weird it was but the fact is you know come to think of it like for me I would just put out some twiglets and you know <laughs> pop a couple of bottles of you know wine or something and she went that extra mile so there might be something to it you know that's the thing is that you often didn't you have a story? I was about to say that you there's scenarios that seem like oh it's innocent or it's fine. You walk into it and then it's like a whole oh yeah other thing. This was uh, where was it? It was on here on YouTube. Thanks very much by the way to everyone who's having a good old chat on YouTube. Yeah, it would be lovely to hear from you if you fancy giving us a ring. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. But it was a guy on here and forgive me if I can't find exactly who it was. Um, and they were saying that they had a date. He was. A, they met someone online. Second, oh, they met someone online. Second, okay. Second date went back to their place. Their boyfriend came out of the of the room, and it transpired that he, it was all a big setup for them to have a threesome. And so it didn't happen, by the way. It didn't happen. Uh, he says he was surprised. Mm-hmm. So and so he went back, and it was a lady, and then another man came out, like surprise. Yeah, I, I'm adding my ding to your dong. <laughs> Let's make some music together. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think that's the way to approach such a matter. I don't know what the uh, the way to approach such a matter would be, but I'm pretty sure I've that surprise that. isn't one. Well, I've been in that scenario. I mean, I've been in a scenario where it's like, oh, I thought I I was younger fresh more fresh-faced i hadn't been around the block as many times i hadn't been as i hadn't had my pony play uh <laughs> I, uh i hadn't been th- forced over many jumps at that stage um but yeah no i was invited uh i met a couple who were in the music business and i was a young uh starry-eyed performer singer this was when i first moved to britain and i was um, looking to get a record deal and this guy worked in the b- industry and he invited me over like come over and my wife and I will make you dinner and blah blah, blah. and that was oh, that all was kind yeah that's all it's so, so kind and so nice oh wow what a beautiful nice house and then the night wears on and then they start remonstrating with me like oh no you can't go home now it's too late you just stay here and then I started to get a weird vibe like no I, I'm really happy to just get on a night bus and go home and then yeah, it was really strange. I was not um, 
not amenable. But uh, and then he insisted on driving me home, and then he was a bit handsy. Oh no, man! Uh, but I got away. That was fine. And then a few. That was um, when I was a struggling young artiste. And then a couple years after that, I got a job on television. I was sort of uh, overnight famous. I got a th- you know my first TV gig presenting the word. And I actually uh, then had a job presenting the very first Glastonbury, which was on Channel 4. And he, this man in question, walked into my dressing room. yes. Because there he was. He was Mr. Music. But he was a big-time manager. And so he walked in like, ha, ta-da, surprise. And it was kind of interesting because then by that time I was much more assured and was able to dismiss him with a very cool, accomplished demeanor wonderful was it great yeah it was great yeah i felt empowered yeah that's so good when you're younger it can but there's been a lot of talk about you know kind of me too and people realizing they're in situations that they hadn't bargained for and and for a long time i think women have kind of put it down to you know filed it under crap that you go through because you it goes with being a woman right i'm quite pleased that now people are standing up for themselves well yeah i mean it's like it's kind of just like common sense meets self-awareness, emotional intelligence. The confidence to say, do you know what? If it feels wrong, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. It's a boundaries thing, which um, I have to say, personally, it took me a while to have that kind of confidence to go, oh, no, I don't. That's I don't I don't like that. Yeah, because I've, si- I've been in situations where you think oh, this feels weird, and I'm going to avoid this person in future. But what would I report? They haven't done anything. Yeah. It's been like space invasion or. I don't know, just a vibe. Yeah, just a vibe. Like you can't can't really legislate on a vibe, but um, you know, we're all quirky little human beings and uh yeah, it's just a it's just a funny thing. You have to just it's a case by case situation. Um yeah, it's a funny one. I've never kind of I've never re-encountered someone who made me feel like that again and I do wonder what would happen if if I did. Now I'm an older person maybe a bit more self-assured maybe i recognize more what happened as well with retro- in retrospect you yeah know what I mean? it was cool to sit like just as you say it was when i saw him again because i did feel very powerful and i was hosting this tv show well, you that on an was equal footing finally right? yeah or or i didn't need anything from him i guess that was the difference was that there was some suggestion before that or he was implying that he could assist me in my career in some way and and now I didn't need anything from him. So it was really clear the power dynamic had shifted. So that was a very interesting experience to be in. Oh, man. If only they'd filmed that bit. That, that bit. You know, they talk about your life flashing before your eyes. Just those little <laughs> victories where you go, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. Karma. Karma revisited. Hey, Steve, you all right? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. What did you want to say? Um, I got offered a threesome once. <gasps> right. But, um, Take me back to the beginning. Well... I was only about 19, um, and uh, but unfortunately, her friend looked like meatloaf. Because so <laughs> um, she said to me in the club, do you want to come back with me and my friend? I said, yeah, yeah, certainly. And then she brought her friend over, and I had to explain that I'd uh, changed my mind. And, um, oh. oh, blimey, that's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. Um, a- another reason I, uh, I phoned up was I was listening to a show quite a while back, when um, the, the guy was doing it, and he said he was in a shavy swingers, and I just wondered if uh, he ever did it, and do girls like that? He was going to show. Um, <laughs> what he did? Ian was talking about. 
you know, now that he's um, he's single, he was going to try and reinvent himself a little bit, and he uh, decided that he would do some intimate grooming. Uh, yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, I am aware of of, of what happened. <laughs> oh, he did nick himself a little bit, so be be, be very careful if you're going to go down there. But um, I think he just found the whole thing rather embarrassing. And <laughs> oh my gosh, so what he did a little like topiary, yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, and mostly around the sort of undercarriage yeah. area. Just trying yeah. to make it more palatable for anyone who might be nosing around I in the no environment. He, he just said that he, he felt like he wanted to take re, retake control of it and... Uh, retake, <laughs> to take back redefine, the night. Redefine his boundaries. Like <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it like when you cut your hair after a breakup? I think it might have been. <laughs> well, there's something different about you. What could it be? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you thinking of going the same way, Steve? Well, I, I think I'm about the same age as uh, as you, and um, I I play five side football right. with a lot of younger guys. Yeah. And in the showers, of yeah, you, know, you don't don't look at them, but you notice yeah. that most of the younger guys seem to have a lot less down there than what I've got. That's really interesting. I love having yeah. that insight because, of course, I don't often get into the men's showers as much as, as I'd like. Anyway, <laughs> oh, so that must be kind of a fashion with younger men to kind of. Uh, trim themselves wow they've just got oh, into yeah. the hyper grooming thing haven't they look yeah. at the eyebrows now they're all oh, I don't like under those extreme eye- pressure oh yuck i don't like those weird groomed eyebrows on men don't do your eyebrows steve yes yeah, steve no, don't no, do that no. i mean I, I mean i i haven't done anything but i've uh, just wondered if girls like that kind of oh stuff. if we like that i, I don't think by the time you get there you're not gonna well say, oh no that's too much yeah okay so i I can't speak for 20-year-old women, but uh, women who are fully ripened and seasoned and ready to eat, like ourselves, um, <laughs> I, I think that that kind of self-conscious grooming seems narcissistic and weird. So, I mean, obviously, you know, brush your teeth. Listen, and, I think keep it tidy. Yeah, keep it tidy. I don't know. If there's, like, if there's hair spreading out of your nostrils and ears, and then if there's like some strange... You know, exploding curls coming from your nether regions. Yeah, rain that in. I but think most of us, you know, do appreciate a tidy workspace. But <laughs> I don't want to feel. You know, I wouldn't want to feel like I was with someone who was prepubescent. That's yeah, what, and that's that's the connotation it has for me. And I guess it's not the connotation it has these days for uh, like twenty somethings. But for me, it's a bit. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Like don't, don't walk on the grass or something. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. if if you are going to go there, Steve, I suggest you take it easy. Yeah, don't go too crazy yeah. with the clippers. Yeah, once you start, though, sometimes you can't stop. Well, that's exactly. You know, that's it. Bit, yeah. You know, a little bit more of the left one, a little bit more of the right one. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like the Mitchell brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a talking point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I like, yeah, the Mitchell brothers. It's the, yeah, exactly. We've got the whole cast of EastEnders in my pants well what a delightful conversation i love Th- it thanks steve so good to talk like to you steve. and now i'm imagining your um testicles so that's great yeah oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand digital debate for the uk talk radio we'll get you talking very strong term digital debate because so far we've been talking about um shaving your balls and uh, stuff you can't eat anymore and, and has anybody really been debating? I mean, we've all just been affably agreeing with everybody. I think we're all on the same page regarding uh, three, you know, being forced into a threesome that we don't have an appetite for, and also, you know, exfoliating and depilating kibbles and bits. 
kibbles and bits are there for a reason. Yes. They have a smattering of something that's there for a reason. Yeah. I would just say don't mess too much with any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And also everyone is different. That's the thing is that because we're all online and we're all comparing ourselves with these uh, airbrushed images of so-called perfection, then we think that there's only one way to look. Also, let's be honest, knickers are tiny now, aren't they? So if you don't keep your work surface tidy, you're going to know about it. Uh, Pants are getting smaller. And, you know, big big pants are great and all, but they're not as common as the tiny ones. Well, we've been watching, trying to watch Love Island, which, by the way, I just have you tried this? No, I can't I get on with it. I can't. I, I, I don't understand what I don't understand what the big deal of I it get, is. I get clammy. Like I just get sweaty and nervous. I get anxious. Those shows make me anxious. Yeah, because it's just a load of. It reminds me of that part of the word, which was, uh, you know, I'll do anything to get on TV. Yeah, yeah. But the women are wearing these bikini bottoms now that are the bikini bottoms that we would have run away from back in in the day. Because, because they're like dental floss. Well, they're hoiked up. Yeah. It looks like you've got a hungry bum, like you've done it by accident. It yeah. doesn't look like it's there on purpose. My bum is always like that anyway. Like, even if I put granny pants on, it's going to... They'll be devoured. That, <laughs> they're going to disappear in that crack, and then there's there's no coming back from that. Exactly. Now they're yeah. buying them for that particular reason. So I think that's part of the reason for the grooming revolution. But oh, will will that go full circle? Will everyone start getting seventies at some point? I thought that already happened. Remember, there were a couple of years ago, Gwyneth Paltrow announced that she'd gone seventies. She was like a she was full fully you know au natural. But which yeah, I think she's is, she's also been steaming her lettuce and yeah. putting things in there that shouldn't be in there, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's been like shoving rocks up her knickknacks, <laughs> and that is really not a good look. So she loses the argument. I know. It's just like, hey, I thought we were having you know making sweet sweet love. I didn't think I was entering into your private rock garden. <laughs> I mean, I've heard your of prison purse. I know. I've heard. I've heard of sugar walls, but I'm not really into the crazy paving. <laughs> so, can we uh, take a rain check on your God. Benoit balls or whatever they are shoved up there? Incredible. That to me is the the mark of someone who needs to read more books or something. Yeah. And, and and listeners, just in case you weren't sure of the reference, that was didn't we should explain that uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was advocating that. Um, uh, people should, ladies should hold what is called a jade egg. Yeah, so they're quite their, heavy. They're up there. Up up there. I was going to say, is it a vulva or vagina? Uh, sometimes people say vagina. It's like, that's a vulva. Um, anyway, up your um, pleasure palace, up your yoni yum. <laughs> and um, yeah, the idea being that you're going to, um, it's like your kegels, you know, mm. your kegel muscles will get tightened. But hey, guess what? It turns out that there has to be yin and yang and there has to be give and take. And you shouldn't just have one tense sphincter up your uh, playpen because <laughs> that is y- your body in a spasm. Yeah. It's like anything else. It should, you know, there's giving and taking. And, you know, and if nature had wanted you to be um, permanently uh, doing that kind of exercise, it would have made some sort of fitment. A what? Some you, sort of, you know, some sort of fixture that uh, would be attached to your body would 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 do that exercise. I love your scientific explanation. Well, surely, surely, <laughs> nature nature knows. Yeah, nature knows. Nature knows. The but the yeah. So she did have some rocks. She was advocating the whole thing of, uh, oh, and it was just to increase pleasure. I do kegels. You can do kegels for that. I'm doing them now. I'm doing them now. It's hard to concentrate. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Kyle while I'm doing it. Feels good. Hey, Kyle. <laughs> Hi, Catherine. How are you doing? Fine. 
You're not doing that while you're on the yes, phone. Yes, she is. Now, are you? <laughs> you should look at. She has kind of a glazed look in her eye when she's doing it. <laughs> I'll stop, Kyle. It's very inappropriate. It's inappropriate. I'm going to report you. <laughs> I'm going to report myself. I'm disgusted. Kyle, what did you want to say? I'm a little turned on. <laughs> it was, uh, well, this is like a strange word to bring up now. It was uh, about, about the eggs. Oh, oh okay. Oh, eggs. Oh, you're, oh, yeah. you're the man who can't stick eggs. I, I can't stand them. I bet you're I wishing you'd use a different phrase after that <laughs> conversation. Slightly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry but, about that. But, but the funny thing is, I can, oh, good evening, Katie, by the way. Oh, hello. Sorry. Um, but I can I can bake with them absolutely fine. Okay, so you can disguise can, them. Yeah, I can do that. But what I will never have so like my uh, seat or dinner this evening is I'd uh, a fry up. But again, didn't uh, I couldn't have an egg with it. Oh come on, it's not a fry up without a nice big big what, splat. And what is the protein in your fry up? Now I've had this conversation with people I used to work with who had to explain to me what a carbohydrate was. So I'm not the best person to ask that question. <laughs> and really. carbohydrates are all the fun beige stuff. Yeah, that's right, the stuff I, that puts you into a coma of joy. But the yeah. So what do, what kind of meat do you have? Meat in there? Like I guess you have a sausage, right? Yeah, a couple of sausages, okay. bacon, bit of black pudding. All right. So all the blood uh, and guts, but no, no egg. And is it something just because it's so kind of gelatinous and weird and has that little squiggle, that little like chicken fetus in there when you oh, first crack it? Do you know, I've not thought about it in those terms, but oh. now you say, yeah, it's probably, <laughs> it's, but I can eat, a, I can eat a chucky egg, if that makes sense. I can eat one of them. A boiled egg. No, cho- yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you, I thought you meant like a Cadbury's cream egg. No, he's using the northern term, chucky egg. <laughs> chucky egg. <laughs> oh. Do you have Sorry, soldiers? Uh, I do, well, it's a long time, but yeah, I've had soldiers. Dip soldiers. soldiers in. I mean, it's an elaborate thing to make and ridiculous, and I never eat soldiers it's in any other particular. It's very labor intensive because yeah. then you're like you, you have to set it up right in a special cup and then crack it. It's, it's happening. You don't have egg cups in America, do you? No, this it's almost like a Japanese tea ceremony. Like that's how elaborate it is. You crazy people <laughs> over here. In the it, United Kingdom, it makes it all taste all the better. I guess so. So you don't mind a chucky egg? I can, I can eat it. Well, not uh, for a long time. And the other week, I was in uh, a cafe in London, and my mate had a. Uh, and this is very northern, considering he's from the south. But it's one of these. We said, uh, you know, set breakfast. He said, "Well, I'll tell you what. Order your egg." He said, "I'll have it." So he had my egg, and I did actually dip a bit of me uh, toast in the in the yolk, and that was all right. But I wouldn't make it at home. Kyle, thanks for the egg rundown. No worries. <laughs> I loved it. It was very thorough. It was very comprehensive from Kyle. I feel like if he were ever to come around, I know exactly what I should serve and what I shouldn't. Yeah. Let's have a quick word with Rhythmic Paul. Good. Hey, Rhythmic Paul. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, hello. Paul, Paul yeah, is hi. a timp- You're a timpanist. Aren't you? I am a symphonist, yes. Can right, not, yeah. Can't you tell by his, the tone of his voice? I can tell by his very um, <coughs> rhythmic chuckle. <laughs> and his very, uh, very uh, symphonic wheeziness to his, oh, yes, to his, yes. to his laughter. <laughs> oh, bless you, Paul. You didn't, you didn't phone up for this kind of abuse, did it's you? It's not abuse. I'm just calling it as I hear it. <laughs> what did you want to say? Well, um, uh, I even had a little joke planned, but um, you caught me off guard with um, with your prompt uh, answering of my call. Go on, take um, a run off. Uh, well, no, because I'm, I'm bad at jokes, but um, I was going to say I have an extension to the uh, egg <laughs> chat. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, yes. Um, um, 
uh, and it covers a topic you were discussing in the last hour, which is um, foods that you can't eat anymore. Um, But also um, things that you've uh, changed since uh, traumatic events, because this story is linked. Um, I'll try to be polite with it. But um, as a child, on on a Saturday before going to church, I used to have a boiled egg for breakfast. And it was my custom, don't ask me why, uh, to swallow the egg, boiled egg, whole. Oh, like a python. Like a python. Like a python. Yeah, there you are. More segues. Um, And, um, yeah, I did this for weeks, months, possibly a couple of years, until one day um, the egg decided that it didn't want to stay in my stomach. And it, uh, it made its way upwards. Um, and was almost entirely whole. And uh, since then, I've had to, um, I have to, it takes me, a, it's, it's traumatic for me to swallow any kind of tablet. Oh. Um, I have to take a huge long run up and, you know, do a, stick my neck in the air and shake it about like a, some flamingo or something. Oh, like a cat. Your, your wife will have to hold your mouth open and <laughs> whack it down there. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just a funnel, like when you're... <laughs> Feeding a hunger striker. Oh, my God. So, oh God, yeah. so, so do you think you may have triggered some sort of reverse gag reflex? Uh, something, yeah. But, I mean, you know, for a long time I had to crush tablets and now it's this weird neck wobble. Blimey. Neck yeah. But on the upside, you kind of know how a chicken feels now. You managed to pass an egg. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. God, that must have been a way. sight to see. Did anyone witness this? Uh, no. It came up in the sink. It was, I I still, I can still picture it. And this is, you know, decades ago now. I bet. Mm. Blimey. You are weird. (laughs) I know. No, but he's learned. He's learned from his mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your body certainly has. It's not something you're doing on purpose. It's just you can't, uh, you can't choke it down anymore the way you could. None of us can, Catherine. (laughs) None of us can. (laughs) Oh, thanks for that delightful story, Rhythmic Paul. You're most welcome, most welcome. Don't get ill, because tablets are not fun for you. That's true, yes. Take care. You too. (laughs) Bye. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I've had a really interesting uh, text message through from Michael. Do you want to hear it? Yes, please. Brace yourself. Lay it on me. Do I seem weird when I say that I find it quite sexy when a woman's growler is bursting out the sides and peeping over the top of her pants? Okay, growler. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that one for ages. Um, I'm just trying to think. It it could be so many different body parts. Um, But anyway, we're just talking about Lady Perfer. We're talking about Perfer? Perfer? Yeah, Perfer. Oh, Perfer. Yes, we are. Yeah, okay. Um, That's fine. Yeah, no, I I agree. Yeah, that's that's like feckoned and filthy yeah it is i mean probably a lot of the old painters would have been into that well the old painters you paint they painted it out if he had anything like that appearing that would not be allowed but certainly if you looked at those like late 60s early 70s playboy magazines oh my goodness yeah that's yeah. probably that's probably what happened michael you probably trace it back to that yeah uh, but i mean delightful turn of growler phrase. yeah thanks i'm liking much. growler um <laughs> so that reminds me of um when I first, when I was, when I first moved to Great Britain in the eighties, I was young and vulnerable looking, and um, it's because you're a very tiny person. I'm very tiny. I'm very minuscule. I'm like a yeah. It's like a mini Shetland pony. Um, 
unfeasibly small. And so, yeah, I remember that for some reason. Oh, I know what it was. I used to, I'd graduated from um, dyeing my hair with red food coloring, and then I actually found the good stuff. So I had pillar box red, really bright red hair. And then, of course, a lot, lots of men felt it incumbent upon themselves to um, solicitously inquire about my private parts mm-hmm. and whether they matched my hair. So curtains, curtains and carpets. Yeah, so what they would say is, in a jaunty, cheeky, cheerful fashion, hey, Ginge, how's your minge? Oh, my God. And, um, which rhymed, get it? And then I would say, in a very polite American way, it's fine, how's yours? Um, because that's how we Americans, you know, I was brought up well, and you, you know... Show some interest. You show, you know, like, I, yes, I acknowledge that inquiry, and I direct it back to you, because otherwise that's just selfish and self-involved. And then I was more recently telling a friend of mine, like, oh, yeah, because I used to say, it's fine, how's yours? And then I was informed that, no, in men don't have minges. And I don't agree with that. Everyone has it. And it's the same. That's one of the few body parts on men and women. <laughs> except for that is like the same. Uh, pubic hair is the same on men and women. There's not like man pubic hair versus. And so then my friend said, I said, well, if if a man's if men don't have minges, what do they have? And then she said, manges. <laughs> So I'm here, talk radio listeners and Catherine. I'm laying mange on you. Let's all get it going and into the lexicon. It's beautiful. I think it's great. I think that's that's wonderful. I was wondering whether your friend was going to give you an abs- a lesson in what what that word meant, but I yeah. think mange is probably the best way around it. Yeah, mange. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I've got some more um, messages through. Um, as a child, this is a, from David McFadden. Hi, David. Who says, this Go is ahead. about, uh, have you ever, have you stopped doing something because of something weird, oh, that, yeah, yeah. weird that happened? David says, as a child, I visited a friend's auntie's house and was offered a gra- glass of orange juice. I noticed that their dog urinated in the kitchen and it was the same color. Never drank orange juice. Oh, so he had like a psychological mm-hmm. association. It, you know, it wasn't necessarily true, but he just couldn't shift that perception. Yeah. Huh. I funny. Tell you what, I stopped doing because of something weird that happened. And this just shows how um, susceptible kids are, but I think I am in particular. But susceptible and suggestible. There was this really mean teacher, and I only realised how mean she was. Now I'm an adult. Oh I've yeah, that happens to me. Yeah, yeah, and it, she just seemed to go. I think about. I think back, and I was a really young kid. I was. I started school when I was four, and I was small and. Easy pickings, really. Mm. She did seem to pick on me quite a lot. Oh. Although I would never have said that back then because, you know, I wouldn't complain to my parents because right. I'd get told off again. Yeah. And I must have done something wrong because adults are right, okay? And they exactly. know what the score is. And we we all lined up after this party at school, I remember. And she was giving out lollies. And um, as I got to the front of the line, she started handing over this lolly and then, and then all of a sudden snatched it away before I even touched it. I said, get to the back of the line. <gasps> I don't like little girls who don't say thank you. What? Yeah, and from then on to really recently, I always say thank you before something lands in my hands. Oh, what a good teacher she was. But what a horrible cow. Yeah, no, she's sadistic. Yeah, isn't that horrible? She was just waiting for something to pick on me about. Yeah, no, she's an unhappy person and she was just hoping to, you know, get her rocks off in her weird, twisted, sadistic way. That person was in charge of people's kids. Yuck. 
But hey, you've got really great manners now. Oh my God, I'm the best. You Thank the you best. in advance for your phone call. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk radio. We'll get you talking. So how do you meet people without going to clubs and falling into them? And what's the stuff that you've stopped doing because of something weird that happened? Give us a call, 03444991000. But, you know, as usual, we're pretty free and easy. If there's something else you want to talk about, you know, we'll take your call. It's cool. Give us a ring and Hayley will answer it. She'll ring you straight back and you'll be on the radio talking to me and Katie Pockrick. Yay! That's how it works. Oh, gosh, it's so easy. Like so, us. It's almost too easy. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's, you know, it takes a village. We're here. Uh, we have a lot of BS to wang on about. Yeah, so bring us some of yours too. Yeah, come on. Add some grist to the mill. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And I've got loads of texts and tweets and all that stuff. But, you know, let's hear some voices. Or you'll just hear ours and then that's your own fault. Yeah. You're cruising for a bruising and look in the mirror because you're the one to blame. Right. Here's the thing. I have a go heroes. Have you ever had a go? I, um, I did once when I was, uh, 12 years old. So I was in junior high school and I was walking down the hallway. We were changing classes and there was a nerd. What was happening? Yes. Okay. So a nerd was walking in front of me and then the mean bullying jock kid, uh, pushed all the books out of the nerd's hand. Oh, come on. That, that, that happened in a film, right? That- no, this happened in an American junior high school in front of my very own eyes. And as the jock, the mean bullying jock, was walking and had was looking back at the nerd who was a bit tearful at his books all tumbled on the floor, I, the avenging angel 12-year-old teenager, um, knocked all the books out of the bully's hand, but he didn't see me coming. Ah. Plus, I was a girl, so he was looking around for the uh, the person who was interfering with his coolness. And so I felt like I was an avenging angel, and I was a have-a-go hero, but that's as dramatic as I can get. That's beautiful. That's, that's big. When you're 12, that is like the height of bravery. I felt really proud of myself, and also I felt like, yeah, I felt like I was sticking up for the underdog. Yeah. The thing is, you never know what you're going to do in those situations. There's a, there's another story. The reason why I'm asking you about this is there's another story okay. today about this um, have-a-go hero tackles a thief who swipe at uh, 170 quid <gasps> from a woman at Tesco ATM in front of stunned city centre shoppers in Manchester. And, oh. you know, people jumped on. But that is a, like a split-second decision. It's a split-second decision. Everyone thinks... You know, oh yeah, I would definitely do something. I know that's a, you know that that's a that, that's a bad guy, and, and I, I would jump in there. But actually, when it comes down to it, often you freeze. I, you've just reminded me. Ugh, this is a long buried memory. But um, when I was living in Los Angeles, I lived there for twelve years at the beginning of from the beginning of the two thousands, and I was driving slowly through kind of a rough area in Hollywood one afternoon, and I saw this woman this big woman jump on a little woman and was pulling her hair and pulling her handbag. And I slowed down the car and watched. And somehow I, the idea that 
she was being mugged didn't occur to me. I just sort of thought, oh, these people are certainly quite rough in this <laughs> down-at-heel neighborhood. My, they certainly have a rough-and-tumble way about them as they bid each other good day. And uh, so finally I gathered my wits about me and called out of the window, D, are you okay? And then she's the woman, the victim, was sort of gasping, going, help, help. Help, help. And people were just kind of lumbering out of their houses. It was a residential neighborhood, sort of lumbering in slow motion, like dawn of the dead, like, oh, what's this? And it really was a case of like, finally, the mugger gave up. Actually, it was a woman and a man. They gave up. And then she, the poor victim was yelling at all of us going, why didn't you guys do anything? And it's because we, it's hard to know, like, is this a crime or... Well, you're trying to talk. It's like when you have to phone 999. If you've ever had to phone 999, there will have been a conversation in your head about whether this was actually a, a matter to be raised yeah, to right. the authorities, yeah. even though sometimes it's quite bloody obvious. But, yeah. you know, we've been raised to not make a fuss about stuff. Yeah, and making so, a fuss is embarrassing. Or wading into a situation that has nothing to do with you. Right. Oh, gosh, it's terrible when, you, when that happens. So thank goodness this guy in manchester yeah what did he do did he actually flying rugby tackle oh my gosh brought the guy guy to the ground after a woman claimed 170 quid was taken from her she queued up at the uh cash point outside tesco people then pinned the man down this is the thing right and i've I've spoken to psychologists about this in those situations it takes one person to go in there and then everyone else will pile right but it's being that one person yes and they call it something like bystander syndrome where everyone just suddenly like a like a herd of zebra yes will just sort of stand there and wait and trying to assess the situation yes. but then as soon as someone runs they all go right it's like that one the early adopter gives permission yeah for everybody else yeah. but then of course it can go the other way like the horrible scenarios you know lynch mobs or uh, uh you know you always hear about these terrible situations and uh troubled parts of the world where you know, everyone decides to take the law in their own hands yeah. and let's, you know, let's get the uh, the person who's blasphemed or something. And, yeah, it's not it's not a good s- scenario. So it is that split second decision. You know, is it going to fall on the side of right or wrong? And, of course, that comes into play where the current discussion in America, which is, hey, maybe we should arm teachers because that'll eradicate that problem of school shooters. Well, I don't know. I think you're adding a lot of extra worms to that giant can because, A, are teachers going to be good enough shots? B, they're going to be potentially shooting their own uh, students, you know, kids they know. Here's the other side of it. Maybe we protect the teachers by taking the guns out of the equation. How about that? They got into teaching because they want to teach people. They've not got in there because they want to be defenders of the youth. Yeah, they're not, not, you know, like, hey, I'd like to be a sniper. Why don't I apply to be a teacher in a high school? Also, having had that conversation about some of the teachers I've had in the past, (laughs) I don't want them armed, for God's sake. She would have been even worse. That's right. You've been scarred. Apples off my head. (laughs) Hey, Rosie. Hi. Hello. Hey, nice to hear from you. What did you want to say? Um, well, I was going to talk about bullying teachers. Yeah, go oh, on. Good. Yeah, I think I think. It, well, you're obviously a lot younger than me, but I think when I was at school, it was the norm. Really, I mean, most of my teachers weren't very nice. Oh. I had one in particular. Who sounds like your your one. Who was? Um, well, she was a sort of elderly woman. Um, she had this voice that sounded like she was holding her nose all the time. So it's like, 
Fresh brown and your friends. <laughs> and um, yeah, like she was picked. She picked on me the whole time, and I oh. And she was also my girls' brigade captain at church. So oh, at church, <laughs> the irony away from her as well. You yeah, can. yeah, you could never escape. No, exactly. No, and then um, I, I just remember this art lesson. She used to number us all, and each number would get a job. So, like number one, go and get the paintbrush. No, 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 Rosie, you've got to do it in the voice. Oh yeah, sorry. Number one, but you can't get the, <laughs> go get the paintbrushes. Right, number two, get out the paper. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, this is me now. But, uh, no, I was like number like five. Like my Yarwood. Like, now that's me. <laughs> I was number five, and um, she skipped number five and went on to number six. And I put my hand up, you know, like you do. And I said, Miss Wright, you forgot number five. She goes, how dare you tell me I've forgotten your number I decide what numbers are. Gosh. <laughs> I say, this uh, you can lose two house points. <laughs> wow. Evil what a woman. freak. And I was only trying to help, you know. Exactly. Yeah, no. You, you... The weird thing was like years and years later, so I was in my 20s and I'd had a child by then. No, 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 much later. I was in my 30s and I'd had a child. Um, we had a reunion for the girls' brigade, and she turned up at my church, and she blanked me. <laughs> oh, I bet she did. Yeah, yeah I bet she, she hated did. me after all that time. Isn't that weird? I wonder what, what that's all about. Isn't that funny? I mean, when you're a kid, of course, you just think adults don't have those sort of preferences or biases, but then you realize, mm. you know, they've got issues like everybody else. Of course they do. But, you know, you know, as an ad- adult, you realize that they are a child. Look, my fr- my children have got friends that I'm not particularly partial to, but at the same time, I have to remember that they're sweet, innocent children, and it's not their fault sometimes the way they behave. Do you know what I mean? But mm. you have to use yeah. that rationalization. Otherwise... Maybe she'd been around kids too long, but it has a huge impact on the person that you're dealing with. And they're, you know, they could call it a tender age for a reason. It yeah. all, it all impacts, oh, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it helped me when I became a teacher that I never did that. Yeah. Oh, right. You had, you learned from a bad example so that it Definitely. helped you. Yeah. Did they still have, um, I mean, we had, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, did they still have corporal punishment when you were at school? Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's read my mind. Oh. I was just going to say, we had corporal, um, quite vicious corporal punishment. Um, I, rem- I remember a child, this boy, I still remember his name, actually, Marcus Bernard, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> he was uh, mucking about in country dancing. And this particular teacher pulled his pants down. What? In front of the class and swapped his bum about ten times. Oh, that's outrageous, isn't and it? And he was in—he po- was just bawling his eyes out, and we were all absolutely terrified. Gosh, everybody danced really well after that. Uh, see, oh, it's a miracle what uh-huh. sexual assault and assault will do. Uh-huh. That's what it'd be classified as now. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. By the time I was at school, they weren't supposed to be hitting us anymore, but there were a few that got digs in, and then mm. they were relying an awful lot more on humiliation. There'd be a lot of you know standing yeah. up with your hands on your head in front of everyone, or you know, oh, yeah, yeah, expla- explaining to the class, or you know, just nice stuff like that. No one yeah, should do like, why aren't you singing? Right, come and stand out at the front of 
the entire singing assembly and you're going to sing this first by yourself. Yeah. Oh. And, of yeah. course, the added power of that was you wouldn't tell your mum and dad because um, they'd probably tell you off as well. It's in your head, that's what you would think would happen, you know. Stuff like that was yeah. happening all the time. Oh, God, it's just, well, uh, just horrible. Dreadful, isn't it? <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it doesn't happen now. Well, well at know. least it's not institutionalised now, but I'm pretty sure it probably well, does. No, I'm sure there's one. I think the sarcasm is the thing they use now, isn't it? Heavy sarcasm. Yeah. Mm. But then again, what else have they? What else have they got? Well, yeah, this is true. Yeah, cause I suppose it's, it's a, nothing to stop the kids um, attacking the teacher and throwing things at them. I've known plenty of people having a chair chucked across at them. And, yeah, but I'm guessing actually uh, now yeah. that it's about removal of privileges rather than, you know, humiliation and sanctions like that. Yeah. Yeah, like removal of break time. But the problem yeah. is you have to remove your own break time when you do that because you've got to sit in the blooming classroom with them, haven't you? Oh, right. Exactly. Well, that's what happens when yeah. the bell is for me, not for you. I remember that one when we were getting our coats on and we were told, put the chairs back down again. The bell is for me, not for you. And all those classics. Along with, oh, are you chewing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, add that one to your repertoire. <laughs> Good to speak to you, Rosie. Oh, and you too. I'll carry on listening now. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, do you know Rosie's the first woman we've had on so far? I know. I thought that when I heard her voice. She got the memo. The dulcet tones. Women are allowed on tonight. 0344-499-1000. You can always give us a ring. Or you can uh, text us, talk to 87222, put talk and then your message, and that will cost you 25p per message on top of your standard network rate. Or you can tweet us um, either at talkradio or or at Flipping Kath, at Katie Podcrick, or all three, if you're greedy like that. Just mm. get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from Insatiable. you. Tomorrow we're going to have um, some uh, a very sexy podcaster on about this time. I'm looking forward to this. I will tell you more about her in a bit. But okay. um, we're going to sort of pick people who we think you'll, you'll you know get a kick out of. And I know a lot of people are into podcasting right now. I've been completely addicted to this particular podcast for a while and uh, it's filth. So I know that quite a lot of you will enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, it's just heading up to news time. So I'll see you on the other side of it. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio with Catherine Boyle and Katie Puckrick. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. Get more passionate debate, more outspoken opinion and more digital debate for the UK. Your voice counts. Get it heard on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. They say passionate debate, but so far we've just been talking about, you know, shaving your nether regions and meeting people online and... um... Swallowing eggs whole and then coughing them back up as if they are a fur ball it's been all that sort of stuff so if you want to contribute to that or bring something else to the table and i don't you mean... can raise the tone but be better if you could lower it oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand it's me Catherine boyle and katie puckrick yes and also glenn hi glenn hi Kath. hi katie hi glenn are you having a good night oh yeah it's it's really nice and refreshing to have this be the Catherine Boyle show. It's, this is this is nice. See? Thanks very much. Yeah. Is it too nice though? I mean, I, I'm just getting my feet under the table. Wait for tomorrow. That's when I really un- unleash hell. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I have to say, I, I'm quite nervous. I've I've been phoned the um, the version of this show with the other guy that usually does it. Oh yeah, that guy uh, in the in, in the past, but. Um, uh, for for reasons I'm not sure of, I feel quite nervous for you tonight, oh. and I have no 
um, I have nothing to say. Oh, that's <laughs> alright. So, what kind of day have you had, mate? It's been okay. I am a, I, I'm a recently qualified teacher and I've been to visit the school that uh, I'm going to be working in next summer, and uh, well, at the end of the summer, rather, and I've been visiting some of the kids that I'll be teaching, and that's, that's been my day. What kind of ages are we talking? What, what age range? Uh, like, you know, between 12 and 17, I suppose. <gasps> that, that's, the, that's level two, isn't it? Tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, um, but they, they all seem really nice. They seem really pleasant. And um, but you know, um, a summer for them. Well, for me, a summer is nothing. But for them, it's a whole lifetime. So they could be totally different. Oh yeah. By the time I go back, they'll morph into something terrible between now and then. What kind of teacher are you going to be, Glenn? Have you decided on your character yet? Uh, I'd like to think that I would be that kind of cool, quirky, enigmatic kind of. Um, <laughs> fun teacher but i know to them that means this guy's trying too hard well, <laughs> to and also glenn glenn you have to have some kind of like signature style like whether it's braces or you wear a bow tie or you have you know red socks or something oh god i i already do all those things that's so unfortunate <laughs> to hear oh my um, <laughs> Oh my, right. You really are going to be singled out from the start then. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult. I want to do the pretentious word of the day, and that's something I hope that they get into. Oh, that's good. I like that. Besmirched will be day one. Oh, that sounds awesome. So, besmirched. Yeah, besmirched is a good one. Yeah, pretentious word of the day. And then, like, points for uh, having it used in as many circumstances as possible. Oh, Glenn, that's the way forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I um, wish you were my teacher. What about what about oh. sanctions? How are you going to rule? Because you know, at some point they're going to try and uh, try and act up with you, and you cannot take that nonsense. Yes. Well, I can do that thing where I can raise one eyebrow over the other. So I'm hoping that will do me. Like, that, beautiful, you know, the Roger Moore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll take. Yeah. I, love I, think, um, I think you're going to do fine. I hope so. I hope so. What's your specialism? Oh, yeah. uh, English. All right. Oh, no, you are... People... English teachers are generally quite cool. It's, yeah. it's the physics teachers and the maths teachers that are really the en- enemies in the in the eyes of the kids normally, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, they're too obsessed with how quickly apples can fall to the ground, whereas I hope that we can um, let their little minds expand and, and yeah. grow and explore ideas. Uh, yeah. You're doing it but, for all um, the right reasons, yeah. Glenn. I, I admire it. I, I wish I could have... I, I think that teachers are... Teachers who do it with passion like that rather than just kind of coming out of college and going, all right, what do I do with this? I might as well go into teaching. People like you are the Absolutely. ones that, that, that make the world go around and can make a real difference. Oh, thank you. That's good to hear because that's, that's, it's good to hear that teachers make the world go around, unlike Queen who say that fat bomb girls make the world go around. <laughs> well, fat bomb um, teachers, I mean, then you get two in one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not far from that. At the age of 27, I found my metabolism is slowing down. It's, yeah. um, you you ain't seen one. nothing yet. You wait till you hit 40. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, um, um, Kath, I, uh, I am coming to the rabbit hole in September. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank and, you. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I have actually met you before in Edinburgh a couple of years ago. Right. And I was very self-conscious because I had very sweaty hands when we shook hands. Did you? And, um, I thought it yes, was I me. And I thought it was me, Glenn. Oh, good. Well, so, that's good to know because um, I, I think the, the other guy, the, the, the chap that does the, this thing usually, yeah, is, um, he, he, he noticed it. 
there and then. I could tell he did. I felt very self-conscious. I that don't. He the sweaty palms. So I'm, I'm hoping that if I get the chance to meet you guys in September, that I, um, I, I breathe a bit more and that you won't be subjected to sweaty palms. Right. Well, Glenn, if there's any anything I can say to reassure you that you're not known as Sweaty Palms Glenn, then I would like to do that now. No, we appreciate it. Thanks Thank very you. much for ringing, and I'll yes. see you in September. All the best to you then. Okay, it's going to be really cool. Thank you very much indeed. Let's have a quick word with Lee. Hello, Lee. Hello. Hiya, how are you doing? Well, I was just like, out because the kind of rang and, and she answered the phone and went, hello, Lee, can I ring you back? And I was like, whoa, scary. Totally how it works. Oh, retention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I just, it, it's your first day. I listened to you when you're on with Ian, and I did ring him up once last week and, and rabbled on about nothing like I'm doing now, really. But Katie Patrick, oh, I, yes. I can't remember that. So I'm talking about fringe things. The Sunday show with Dennis Pennis. That's right. The funniest thing ever. Yeah, Dennis was, was great. Just, before everyone was doing it, and he was going around yeah. with being increasingly insulted. I even think about this DVD where he had like a, a fake attorney. Uh, look at this guy, broken mirror. Seven years, I got it down to three. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, you know, the funny thing about Paul Kay, who's the actor who created Dennis Pennis, was that he got really nervous when he had to do those stunts and he had to kind of punk people that way. So, of course, he was brilliant in the moment, but he really sweated it before he had to go in and and uh, and do those uh, those stunts. But like you say, it was before people got wise to it. You know, now yeah. he, he was like the first, like at, much the first one, wasn't yeah, he? Was that was that like ninety-five or something? That's it. it. Really? So yep. It was. It was proper. Yeah. Because now you've got, you know, no the, the, then there was Ali G and now yeah. there's, uh, what's her name, Philomena Kunk who does it. Yeah. Um, but he sort of started it all as far as I can remember. Yeah, there was a, there was he one in it. America who did it, um, ah. that his character was sort of based on that idea. Howard, I think Howard Stern had a, had a sidekick who did that. But he, yeah, he was the first in Britain who did that. Take some balls to do that. Mel Gibson says I really hated him, didn't I? Was it Kevin Costner or both of them? I'm oh, yes. Sure. Yeah, but who cares what Mel Gibson thinks? I want to thank you because I went to see Braveheart and I slept with the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Proper genius science. That was it, really. Great show. I'm loving the, the slightly sort of sexual undertone of the whole thing. <laughs> We're not doing it on purpose. It's just we ooze sexuality. No, I, I understand. It's purely accidental. I, I have to um, say it's a sexual overtone, Lee, but, you know, I don't want to... Is it an overtone? Yeah, I think, I think it's distinctly um, overtone-esque. It's, it, it's, called, it's called sexual frustration and it's just coming out in a different uh, untoward uh, fashion. I was thinking you could do, like, a, a new sort of... Like, what's, what's the word for, I don't know, like a, a segment where you, after singing, put a brown paper bag and you could call it foil in the bag or something like that. I was trying to think of puns, but you don't need that that quick. I'm supposed to be in work. Oh, I'm on so the work phone, skiving. I'm so sorry you um, couldn't perfect it more. What are you doing? Yeah, what, what work are you supposed to be doing right now? Well, I'm, I'm actually um, a mobile security guard. So I'm just driving around various places looking for um, travellers or burglars and that's it, really. Oh, things and locking them again in the morning. It's, it's really exciting. You're cleaning up the mean streets, Lee. Uh, yeah, the mean streets are not Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Good to speak to you. Take care. Keep your eye out. Bye bye. Bye 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 bye. Right, here's another one. Right, this is this is Rainbow George. You're about to experience. Okay, have can't you ever wait. heard of Rainbow George? No, he's classic. Okay, um, you're never going to forget him. Right. Isn't that right, George? I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I've missed your show this evening. I, I was out tonight. So oh, you haven't missed much. We've just been biding our time waiting for you to call. I, I'm, I'm sure I've missed, missed lots, and this is quite enchanting. It's my fantasy, two ladies, and uh, I, I think the marriages of the future will be between three people rather than two people. Oh, that's what we were talking about, actually. Really? But but actually, it wasn't, and it wasn't didn't have a happy ending, unlike your fantasy. It Why was, is that? Well, because people were talking about being kind of uh, gang-pressed into unsolicited threesomes. But you're saying it's a nice idea. But our contributors were opining that perhaps it was an unpleasant experience. Oh, no. I I, I was in a relationship. And if, if, if there'd been three of us in it, I'm sure it would have endured. But because there were only two, two of us in it, and I was going out lots in the evening gambling in in gambling clubs and she was at home alone all the time and if she'd had someone else in the relationship then that that situation wouldn't have occurred do you mean mean another woman or another man another man i think he's saying right no for for me it would have been another woman would have been my relationship but any relationship with three men three women whatever i just think a relationship Mm. between three people has to be much stronger than a a related... I'm not sure I could live in one of those sister-wife kind of scenarios. But, you know, it's funny, Lee and Kath, I was talking to somebody recently who is in a polyamorous relationship, and he says the key to the success, it's actually not easier, but it you have to communicate. So it's all about communication. Everything has, you have to clear the air about every little thing. Um, And this is a man who's with two other men. And uh, so he's actually married to his longtime partner. And then from time to time, they take on a third. So it's sort of a triad. But it doesn't really ever stand the test of time. It, you know, it might last for a few years at the most. I I just sense that it is the future and and, uh, would solve the housing problems, maybe, and and, uh, other things as well. I I, I don't know. You can end up with more kids. I don't know. Under one roof, aren't you? Oh, it's not that kind of arrangement you're after. I was at the MAP studio this evening organising things for July the 13th. Is there any chance that that, that you, you you could be there on Friday the 13th of July? Well, it's a work day. It's a bit tricky for us. Uh, oh, what a shame. But I'm sure you'll tell us all about it, yeah. Of course it's a work day for you. Yeah, yeah. What are you planning? <laughs> Well, it, it's the 33rd anniversary of Live Aid, and it's the day that uh, Donald uh, Duck Trump is scheduled to arrive <gasps> in London. Oh. And uh, and it will also be the uh, official launch of the Wonder Party. And and uh, and I, I I'm just so so taken aback by having forgotten that Friday was a working day for you for you because I would have really loved to have seen you there Mm. Um, maybe you could do the show from the map studio (laughs) yes well we'll certainly think about it thanks thanks for phoning George I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go thank you take care Rainbow George I like he's he's got so many ideas he's got he's bursting with ideas Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah some really interesting ones yeah I couldn't live with three. See, the polyamorous thing. So my friend who um, 
was explaining his lifestyle, he also he was saying that his lifestyle is one of them into it more than the other. No, this is the thing. They're all they're all. They have to manage the jealousy. That's mm-hmm. the thing is that like the time that you get with with the other people. But he's been with his husband for 20 years or something. And uh, so they're going strong. And uh, he's just moved in his young boyfriend. This isn't going to be a three way in this instance. It's just his boyfriend on the side. But his his husband is cool with it. But he was saying that. um my friend was saying that their relationship is quite conservative compared to their friend who's in this kind of group relationship with six people and that and they have a hierarchy in that this is a gay community and it's a kind of a niche thing that yeah. involves a hierarchy so that's like and then I was I was going what do you mean about what is, hierarchy and he said oh you know slaves um it's I was going to say it sounds like a harem yeah it's a, it's a little bit like that but every every it's all fun it's all in you know good fun but I thought it was interesting though that he was explaining to me that communication it's like it all boils down to that with any relationship of course it does yeah of course it does but God, no! I, and but it, the, entering into a relationship like that, where you expect jealousy, that's something I don't think I could deal with. No, I mean life is hard enough anyway, and you want your relationship to be the haven from from you know the horribleness, the ruthlessness of life. I also think, especially for women, and this is about to be you know probably a massive generalization, but I do think it's important, especially for women intimacy is king and it's not necessarily about who they're like sleeping with but the fact that they might be talking about stuff that you you know they might have a closer intimate relationship with someone else is what kills yeah yeah i mean i guess i could go i mean on the one hand though okay you could say that but then it's unrealistic to expect one person to be all things that you need Mm -hmm. so that's why healthy relationships have healthy social networks so you know it's good if you have friends and outside interests and all that um but then i take your point about the intimacy and the shared trust like you can almost have an emotional affair with somebody can't exactly exactly that's what i mean like your you know like your buddy at work who suddenly like knows all these intimate things about you and then you feel closer to them than your partner at home precisely and that's often how the physical stuff starts is you know feeling closer to someone else again particularly i think for women but probably for men as well i don't know i think it's sort of across the board i mean we all have we want someone to talk to you know it's the classic i mean come on the classic jokey line of the man who's about to have an affair is my My wife wife doesn't doesn't understand understand me me, yeah so, uh, I mean, I think we're all after that emotional intimacy. Sure. I just, oh, I'm six. That's just too many. Flipping heck, how on earth would you arrange I that? I know. I'm, I haven't got the energy, to be honest. Yeah. Hey, Simon. Hello. Hello. Nice Hello. to hear from you. I just uh, thought I'd give you your uh, towards the end of the show review as to uh, oh, God. How, how you've done. Do, oh, I, do oh. I want to hear this? This could, <laughs> this could be an awkward what, 40 minutes. Well, yeah, it's got 40 minutes to... To rate us on a scale of I don't know what. Yeah. That's it. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Uh oh. Is it is it like a flow chart or is there you know graphs involved? Oh, nothing, nothing that advanced. Okay. Nothing that advanced. I'm feeling extremely relaxed. Okay. Because it it's just flowing nicely. Isn't oh, it? good. Right. When you say and, relaxed, um, you mean bored? 
no, 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 no. So, supine. Um, I I would like to say because don't don't get me wrong, I love the usual mania of the uh, the late night alternative, but um, it's been nice uh, not to have to listen to Ian's music for once. Oh, because uh, I find a lot of that quite a tough listen. Um, but Cass, this is the first time I've actually, you know, heard you speaking in the in the the, the volume that you have. I mean, obviously, content, not volume, <laughs> as in noise. I get what and you mean. It is it is like having honey dripped in my <gasps> ear. Oh, oh so delicious! Drizzle it. it. It is lovely, and Katie, I'm always been a big fan of you since oh, the word. Thank you. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, uh, I uh, am. I am uh, I glazing your head with my sweetness, along with Kath's drizzled honey you in say, your ear. See, when you when you talk like that, when you say things like that, there's been moments throughout the show that sort of got my ears standing up to attention. Oh, oh blimey! This is not Babe Station, Simon. No, no, no. I have always had a bit of a thing for you, Katie, but we'll we'll, we'll mark that one. All right, but, um, we'll put a pin in it. <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, and um, we've pleasured him. And I should be—I will be listening again tomorrow. Oh, good! That's you can't ask for better than that. I've never heard you talk to us so dreamy, but I suppose I feel quite—I feel quite elevated. I feel like a goddess. I am am relaxed. I am extremely relaxed. It's just—I don't think it would matter what you come out with. It's just a, a whole. Just a dreamy, magical experience. Oh, God. Well, we'll God, see about that. Love it. We'll put that to the test. Thank you very much, Simon. I like, like Simon. I, feel, yeah. I don't know whether I feel fluffed up or ready for a shower. I, both. Bit of both. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle, and that's Katie Pockrick. Yes, she is. Democratic Sonic Involvement. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. I think that means ring us up. 0344 499 1000. Um, we'll talk about all sorts tonight, so you know, don't feel like you have to stick to any particular topic. We'll talk about anything you fancy. Um, we've been talking. Well, so so far, we've been talking about stuff you don't do anymore because something weird happened, things you can't eat, uh, dating, intimate shaving, and uh, don't don't stick rocks up your knickknack. Don't. When Gwyneth Paltrow started talking about that, it made me think. My mum used to have like these ornamental eggs. I don't oh, know whether it was a thing in the 70s to have like a bowl of ornamental yes. eggs. Yes, and where did your mother put those? Well, uh, I'm hoping not where... Um, the sun don't shine? Not where the sun don't shine. Yeah. No, I'm sure she didn't. She's got... Well, I'm pretty sure she didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I mean, man. if they looked a bit glazed, I'd question <laughs> where they'd been. But, um, yeah, don't, don't do that. No, please, just be sensible. It's like, you know, with the Q-tips or the cotton buds, don't stick them into your ear canal. I always thought that's what they were for. And to be honest, I think most of us still use them for that, don't we? Is it one of those things where it's an off-label use? Like, you know, of course everyone is going to, I don't know, what's an off-label? Like uh, Botox, botulism, wasn't that supposedly for migraine treatment? Yes, that's a history of that story because they... Realized that people got migraines because they clenched their head muscles. Oh, really? Who even knew that you had head muscles? Yeah. And so they, you know, some inventive person thought, hey, if I just shoot some botulism and paralyze the muscles, then and turned out that it worked. It relieved headaches. But then the side effect was no wrinkles, no frown lines. And so they used it off label. Ah. Much like the 
what was the thing? That oh, cotton were, buds. Cotton buds. Cotton buds. Yeah. Don't don't stick those up inside you either. No. But actually, but if I you do, do, be careful. Yeah, be careful because you could puncture. That's it. People get zealous, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you're supposed to have some stuff in there. That's why it's produced in the first place. Oh, yeah, that's right. It shouldn't be crystal clear because it's trying to keep it's like flypaper. Mm -hmm. You want to keep you want to keep the flies from crawling inside your head. And we are still talking about ears, but actually it applies to the other place, too. Yeah. You don't want flies in there. No, you don't want flies in there. And there's a certain amount of stuff that's supposed to be there. Stuff is supposed to be there. Leave it alone, for God's sake. Leave it alone. Don't read a book. Don't don't interfere with our factory settings. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. Why Why would you do that to yourself? It's because people are watching um, kind of pristine, um, you know, almost Barbie and Ken style, hairless. But it's porn stars, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's doing it. Or just fashion shoots and everybody and then they're manipulated so they don't look the way they really look. No. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's a head uh, twister. It's a melon squeezer. Yeah, but there's enough stuff to feel weird about. Never mind going to the place where you you are going to look weird regardless of what. It's supposed to look weird. Just leave it alone. Yeah, don't touch that. Don't even look at it. <laughs> Pretend it's not there. Um, what, what else were we, were we talking about earlier on? Uh, uh, well, we were talking about uh, Have a Go Heroes. Yeah. Um, oh, this Instagram sexism row I was going to talk to you about. Okay, what do we need to discuss? Right, here? let's so, sort out the world. You know the photo sharing website uh, for youngsters, Instagram. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard of that. I've got an Instagram. I don't really know what it's for. I I opened an account, but I've never posted on it. I've put stuff on there, but is it a cross between sort of Facebook, you know, pictures of cakes and cats and, you know, your dinner? It's, yeah, it's just visual. I'm a bit more word oriented. That's yeah. my, that's, that's why I'm apparently losing the race. That's why I'm, I'm sidelined. I'm yeah. in, I'm in the dugout now. So this Instagram thing is you know where yeah. it's where it's at apparently now. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's embroiled in a sexism row after it suspended an account used by a rowing club to pr- promote its naked calendar. First of all, can we have no more naked calendars, please? We've seen it all. It's not cheeky or funny anymore, is it? It's not. It was never funny. No, I mean. But wait, so are, and these are men? Is that these the are problem? Men. These are the Warwick rowers who've raised hundreds of thousands for charity. Um, and they've been shot down because uh, they breach nudity guidelines. It's you know comically standing behind big oars, yeah, boats, har har. And, and then, <laughs> but so, but what's the sexism row? Because women are allowed to be naked and men aren't allowed yeah. to be naked on Instagram. Yeah. So the group That's is not fair. The group, the group is moaning because they've um, been shut down, even though you know there's no. Todgers involved. It's just all kind of suggestion. I think they're shut down because there's not Todgers Probably that's involved. where they're going wrong. That's where that's the pro. That's why it is sexist. <laughs> Probably going wrong. They're saying that uh, you know that um, they allow even more provocative image of women to remain online, but they've removed their account. Um, well, so- I, where I stand on this is uh, this is a hot button issue that affects nobody. Um, it, but I think that, uh, yeah, what is the problem? Are they saying that we expect women to be naked? Women should always be vulnerable and unclothed and and men are letting their, the side down by looking a little fleshy and Here's the thing, chilly. Right? Instagram is owned by Facebook. Facebook, yeah. as we all know, was set up in the first place to work out which girls at college were available and which yes, weren't. Yes, we're going back to the beginning of time. It was like, who's hot and who's not? Yeah, who's hot, who's not? We're going to rate them all. And you can also work out who's worth asking out because she's, you know, available, all that kind of stuff. 
So I wonder whether there is an intrinsic thing that, you know, women are allowed to do certain things. Well, I mean, allowed is probably the wrong word in this instance. It's more expected or, you know. What I mean is their photos are allowed to remain. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, a man who uh, I was telling a story. I was telling him about how many years ago I'd been invited to speak at Cambridge. They have these jokey debates. I didn't actually realize it was all facetious and a big goofy, drunken hootenanny. But uh, I was invited to debate a topic which was uh, discuss men use their sexuality in the same way women use their sexuality. And I and then you had to say you had to argue for or against it. And so I was arguing the the point that, well, sure, men use their sexuality. They, they use everything they got. You know, these are, you know, <laughs> uh, societally uh, uh, endowed power, you know, structural power, but also if they can cute their way into a, you know, a position of dominance, they'll do that too. You know, why not? They'll it's use a human all- thing. It's a human thing. Um, but my friend, a man, disagreed with me and he said, no, um, men would not stoop to uh, exploiting their sexuality. Um, and, and there we have the word stoop. Yeah, there's stoop. That, exactly. The, the difference is, right, men do it and it's okay. And it's okay. But a woman should be ashamed of herself. Good point. But his, but his, uh, his backup on that was he cited uh, those Calvin Klein ads that started to appear in the 90s. And he said he remembered being on, the, being on the escalator, on the tube in London and being confronted with Marky Mark in his briefs and his tidy whities for the Calvin Klein ad and feeling like appalled and kind of shriveling at the fact that men now, in addition to everything else that they had to uphold and be and act like they also had to be beefcake. And, and he felt like, Oh no, that is just too much. Like on top of everything else. Now we have to be this kind of, you know, uh, you know, selling our flesh and of course, it's one of those things that you you would never look twice at a woman, you know, a picture of a woman in bra and knickers on the tube. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of those as you're going up the escalator. It's like, sure, I guess you're just used to women being naked. So I don't know. I think that's what it is. And, you know, you've got David Gandhi now is, you know, famous for his um, small body smugglers as well. It, and young men in particular, you know, we going back to the whole grooming thing, yeah. facially, hair-wise, they're spending an awful lot more time on their appearance than they did, than they did obviously in the past. I think in the yeah. past that they did, yes. but it's a lot more apparent now because they are surrounded by the same sort of stuff that yeah, we are. Yeah, it's pressure. I mean, on the one hand, you can go, hey, you know, like equality, but it's sort of dragging... Yeah, it's not a great thing that men suddenly have to be self-conscious about it. Although, you know, obviously, as a lady, I don't mind men, you know, caring about what they Mm -hmm. look like or, you know, having a little bit of pride and vanity about their appearance. That's absolutely fine. But regarding these, uh, the the naked charity rowers and not being allowed to show their oars on, uh, on Instagram, I don't know. I think they can they can do it it just doesn't bother me no absolutely not i don't don't really understand i can see where they're annoyed about a dual standard where they get suspended for it you know when there are women showing more i mean there's all there's there's so many arbitrary things going on on facebook all the time like the things that are really egregious are uh when there's some 
a, a news photograph, a you know photo documentary shot from a scene of you know devastation mm-hmm. or something, and then somehow it gets pulled down because it's you know oh there's a naked body oh guess what it was a you know someone who'd been half buried in the rubble of an earthquake yeah. or something so it's not pornography. Although there was an there was an example I think of a woman who'd had a mastectomy and she'd had some sort of tattoo done oh, yeah, and right. she wanted to show that she'd reclaimed her body and right. they, they took that down because it was as if she was like, flashing. Of course, she, it wasn't that at all. Right. But I guess it's all kind of. If it gets reported, I guess you have to. It has to be reported, doesn't it? It won't yeah. just sense something. Well, uh, I don't yeah, know. that's right. I'm completely out of my depth of this. Yeah, this is not my area either. But hey, we're BSing affably. Uh, the uh, yeah, so it could either be algorithms or, as you say, reported. Um, and it's funny. It, yeah, you never know what people get huffy about. Um, I don't go on Facebook anymore, anyway. Too many times, like, a dead relative would pop up out of the blue. Uh, That's weird. Or, you know, one of my friends or acquaintances would put something on that would be like a really kind of strong image that I wasn't particularly ready for, that sort of stuff. I have a bee in my bonnet about people who want to wang on about, you know, dead dogs at the garbage dump and you know, Greece or something like I, I'm not for that. I'm not celebrating that, but I really just don't want to see, no. you know, chopped up pets or something, whatever. And then, and then people get all crazy. It's like, well, you need to know about it. Like, no, I don't need. I could to. have known about it without seeing it. Yeah, Here's the thing. Yeah, like I don't want. I don't look at execution videos. I don't look at you know ISIS head chopping videos, and I don't want to look at you know your starved horses. Yeah. I get that completely, but it's not just on Facebook anymore. Like I said to you earlier on, you go on any kind of news website now and you're confronted with that image before you even get past the headline sometimes. That was just me earlier trying to show you the picture of the exploded snake, though. Well, and that's how I saw the picture of the woman inside the python. Yeah, which which you were not really... I wasn't ready for. You didn't want to see her being in in mid-digestion. She she didn't look very well at all. No, she was not up and at him. It was terrible. Terrible business. I mean, worse for her, obviously. I I, I guess the argument is if the worst you can be is offended by it, then at least it's not you, you know? Yeah. Still. That's no argument. No, I know. I'm, I'm desperately trying to see the other side of it, but, but there really isn't one, is there? No. Sometimes there aren't two sides to a story. There's just one side, and it's my side, and that's the right side. Okay. Talking about the right side, yeah. I think we all agree that putting kids in cages is, is probably not a good idea. Well, the kids in cages thing got uh, it, that that got heated quite quickly. Um, there was They were in America, you know, of course, there's the big hoo-ha about, hey, Trump's going to take a big, tough old stance on migrants coming through because automatically they're criminals. Uh, you know, never mind the fact that they're seeking asylum. And my goodness, it's you know, the words are on the Statue of Liberty that, you know, the good old US of A is supposed to be here to greet all comers. And but um, and let's remind ourselves, he's the son of uh, immigrants himself, isn't every, he? German and Scottish. Everyone is. Any Anyone who's not a Native American has crossed a border to, to be in that to apparently infest to infest yeah the, the bad hombres but um yeah so he's just uh reversed he's he's trying to play like he's the hero like hey this thing is this whole kids in a cage scenario where you know, they're separating the parents the migrant parents from their children and putting children as young as three months you know kids are still breastfeeding and you know throwing them in some tent city in a disused walmart somewhere in the texas border um 
he's now, of course, we heard on the news that he's uh, made a executive decision to reverse that. He's going to keep families together. And he will expect credit for that, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, there's so much uh, chaos coming from that from that area, from that White House. So it's it's a little disorienting. At what point, though, do you think people will start to... I mean, because it seems like he does these incredibly insensitive things, insulting things, bad things, downright just straight bad things. Well, he lies and all the time. Exactly. And and it's that kind of like we were saying earlier on, like the gaslighting boyfriend who says, um, no, that didn't happen. Yes. He'll just say that even though you have evidence that it happened. Well, you just show a video of you said this a second ago. You said this this morning. And the news outlets there have been doing that for months. Yeah, the so fact checking and how stuff. How much more? Well, it's a tricky thing because it's, it's a whole... Um, it's a whole clown car of excitement. It's it's pretty much a wacky races um, cavalcade of craziness. And so he's a sociopath and he doesn't actually care that he contradicts himself and does all this craziness. He thrives on it. But the clown car cavalcade element of it is that there's all these politicians who are trying to uh, capitalize on the chaos and make their own way and make their own quickie little deals and solidify their own political future. So the hope is while the shiz is hitting the fan that everybody else can make their own scenario. So it's pretty much like riding a bucking Bronco and, you know, seeing how long everybody can stay on um, at a certain stage. And I think this kids in cages scenario is the one that made enough people go, this is really disgusting and unacceptable. So I Was think Was it something like every single living first lady has said, or every color has said? Yeah, including Melania Trump. So uh the writing's on the wall. And so when you have people like yeah, the Christianists who previously have been throwing their lot in with Trump because they're, you know, concerned about they're getting enough out of it. Aren't they? Yeah, they're getting enough out of it. But even they are pulling back and going, you know what? We did have another look at the Bible and there wasn't anything about, you know, like Jesus being put in a cage, you know, baby Jesus or whatever it is like. Uh, so it's um, as an American, this is a very. Uh, enervating time. So it's stressful. But as a history buff and someone who's into storytelling, it's also quite exciting. So it's uh, it's it's very uh, stimulating, but over overly stimulating. It's one of those things that's tending to wear the enamel right off my teeth. Glad you don't live there anymore. Well, I'm glad to have some distance, but this is a pretty... You know, this is one of these times in history where it's kind of like the Weimar Republic or, you know, the the, the era right after World War One, and, and where the battle lines and the boundary lines were being redrawn all yeah. over Europe and all over the world. And we're experiencing that time again where people who are, you know, not feeling as secure in their place, you know, because it's a changing world and uh People, there's more of an awareness of fairness. And so the people who've always had the easy ride, you know, white men in America particularly, are having to kind of maybe be a little compassionate. And yeah. that doesn't come naturally. Either that or they double down with what's going on yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just a question of like reasonable people are like, yeah, sure. Like, let's give everybody a fair shake and let's, you know, be even Steven about everything. But then the people who never had to think about it are now having to go, what? I have to 
share a piece of the pie? And they didn't even... They didn't even make that pie, so they don't get to say who gets to eat what. You're listening to Talk Radio. The phone number, if you want to join us, 0344-499-1000. be lovely to hear from you, but I know it's late. You're probably, uh, you're probably halfway to Dozeville by now. 0344-499-1000. Speak to you soon. Digital debate for the UK. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Okay, some World Cup news for you sports fans. What would you do for a burger? Rather, who would you do for a burger? Because uh, Burger King in Russia has had its wrists slapped for encouraging women to get pregnant by international footballers for a year supply or a lifetime supply of burgerage is what I'm hearing. Uh, a, a lifetime supply, which is kind of... now. Now you're talking... There's some consequences here. Yeah, so they, on Russian Facebook, which is uh, VK, um, that's their equivalent of Facebook, they're offering, Burger King were offering women 3 million Russian rubles, so that's approximately 36,000 pounds, and the aforementioned lifetime supply of Whoppers if they get impregnated by football players competing in the World Cup. So they're encouraging groupieism. Yeah. Um for burgers. For burgers. I mean, it's win-win. Well, he's going to have to maintain that. Ch- so it's not going to be just the £36,000, is it? Because he's going to have to pay you maintenance for that baby. No. So they're, they're 18. They're, That's what I understood. Oh, is that... the situation. Is that the situation? Yeah, I mean, when I've done the inquiries into getting knocked up by a footballer. Yeah, they're... Um, I don't know if you can... Is that across international borders and, you know, the the Siberian dateline or something. I, I you, th- you think there's a cutoff? Yeah, is there a cutoff? Like if they're if they go across like thirteen different time zones, then they're no longer liable to have to support pay child support. Um and also the kid it's good for the kid as well. Like the kids can eat the infant can eat the burgers as well. No, it's preposterous. It's just completely ridiculous. What are they trying to say? Um how does this help Burger King. They ended how up. How does it help Russia? How does it help? I wonder whether it's to get a little, a little bit more athleticism into Russia. Is it? Is it a plot by the regime? Oh, there? oh, to shake up the gene pool. Yeah. Okay. So here's my personal observation I can give you about Russia. So I was, uh, I grew up there. I was there for a couple of years as a child, and uh, my dad worked in the American embassy. He worked for uh, the Air Force, and we lived in the American embassy. And then I revisited Moscow a couple of years ago. And my observation, this is totally superficial and social media-esque. But my favorite kind. Yeah, it's like the only kind worth mentioning. Women are beautiful. The men are like walking boiled potatoes. Ah, so it is about getting a bit more hotness there. I think, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was to do with World War II and Leningrad, the, you know, the the... The siege of Stalingrad when everyone was killed and they were eating each other. It always comes back to cannibals. Or, you know, tragically, yes, all the men folk were killed off. But I don't know why that accounts for now and why the men, literally 20-something men, bald and pot bellies. Uh, they don't take care of themselves. They drink too much. Too uh, many. I'll tell you what it is. Too many beautiful women. They don't have to try. That's it. That is what it is, Catherine. That is really what it is. Because the women... I asked somebody about it. I asked a, um, a, somebody who was guiding me, showing me around, and I said, you know, this is a, it might be a little tacky to mention, but the men are not matching up with the ladies in terms of, you know, pulling them their look together. Yeah. And he said they don't have to try. 
because there's just like d- too many. I don't know if it's one of those gender imbalances like they have in China and India, which is oh, a whole other terrible situation. But um, but the, yeah. uh, the attitude to women like uh, institutionally great. over there is not great, is it? At the moment, it's not fantastic. I mean, they do, they just reinstated the law, or I guess there was a law protecting women about uh, to do with domestic violence, and then they just decided we don't need that law. Silly law. God. Come on, what's a little slapping around between, to, you know, young lovers? Hey, that reminds me. What? I was in, um, there was no slaps involved, but I was really shocked the other day. I was parking my car, just put my kid in the back of it and uh, walking to the front of the car. I heard this yelling from across the car park, like screaming. And I realised it was a man talking to his, I'm guessing, wife partner she was sitting in the car in the passenger seat next to him yeah. both windows open Ooh. screaming at her don't you effing slam that door i've told you before don't oh. effing. and it was it was awful to the oh. point where again you know we we're talking earlier on about bystander thing yes. everyone froze oh. i was looking because you know you your eyes were drawn to it yes. this woman sitting in the typical cowed position oh, no. in the other seat and he was going for it you know as if it's really distressing it was awful i'm awful for her but also you know i I was thinking i was shooting him the skunk eye thinking yeah how you know how could you do this but obviously he didn't care he was completely lost in his rage but everyone in the car park had sort of stopped and looked over it was heartbreaking and then as they they drove out the car park he was still screaming his head off at her screaming at her and it just got me thinking that you know, if you talk to her like that when they're out in public, what yeah. the hell is she going through behind closed doors? And and I kind of, you hear about it. You hear about men treating women terribly, their partners, people they're supposed to be in love with, people that they, you know, that they live with. But when you hear, you know, it was that moment of, were we supposed to do something at that point? Yeah, it's hard to know how to play that because you want to support her and you obviously want to, like, try and snap him out of it and show him that it's unacceptable but then could it rebound on her like look what you you know him saying to her later look what you made me do yeah because that's you a classic me thing those people. you embarrassed me like you behaved in such a way that made me yell at you and then they looked at me and yeah therefore i'm gonna well and also you hear stories about people intervening between couples and ending up on the you know in the uh, with two against one in not in your favor you know? <laughs> right. they, turn, they both turn on you but yeah. it's that thing of that's a moment I won't forget because I feel like I didn't do something I should have, but I don't know what that thing was. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I have been at the receiving end of that kind of treatment with a, a relationship a long time ago. And, um, I think if I were the woman in this scenario that you described, I'd feel very grateful and supported if, if you had come over and said, don't talk to her like that. Yeah, You're out of order. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just one of those, it's gnarly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of think it's one of those that, right, that's in the back of my mind now. If it ever happens again, I think mm. I would have to do something. I think I would have to. Yeah. I hope I would. Yeah. And and one of those situations where, you know, and, and you know what, if it goes wrong, at least I've kept my side of the well, street clean. because uh, what she's going through is that she feels worthless and that she deserves yeah. that treatment. That's why she can't leave him like he's ground her down and so the fact that uh none of you in that car park responded or moved to protect her would have reinforced that idea that she so i think it would you know just for future reference if if you were unlucky enough to be in that situation again you could confidently i think yeah make a move yeah i feel like i dropped the ball there i really do 
Or at least offered her some whoppers. (laughs) Hey, I know where you can get a a football partner and a load of whoppers and a $36,000. Knocked up and some money in the. Yeah, that's interesting, though. That's an interesting idea that maybe the gene pool in Russia uh, could benefit from some muscular athletes from around the world. But I think. Because otherwise, it's just such a weird idea. Where on earth would that come from? Well. Or is that a joke? Is that funny? It's. I think that it's more that it's just a joke and it's funny and it's about it's a commentary on women in Russia being considered objects. So it's kind of like, well, they're slags anyway. Yeah. So let, you're going to be throwing yourselves at these people anyway. We know how you are. Because the other thing, knowing a little bit, the little bit that I do about Russia, they're not really keen on mixing. <laughs> on they're not the United colors of benetton put it that way so there's not there's it's pretty much white faces Mm -hmm. as far as the eye can see and in fact there was some right wing uh russian politician who'd gone on the news right before the world cup to uh caution the fine women of russia to not take up with foreigners especially those with a lot of melanin in their skin wow so the idea was you know every time we have one of these sporting events and those foreigners come in with their suntanned ways um yeah we don't want our clean alabaster ladies comporting and disporting themselves so there was a and you know he was he was one of the crazy right wingers but i'm sure there's others who feel who share man alive share that idea wonderful katie puckrick hey look who's here how are you doing? You look fabulous, you two. Sound fabulous. Well, you know that. Paul Ross. So this man was, uh, speaking of one of the good ones, you Re- were my really? boss. Really? Who were the bad ones then? Yeah, let's, well, you know you know who they are. You yeah. were together on The Word. Yeah, so Paul was my boss on The Word. We were actually just talking a little bit about, uh, well, somebody was trying to attribute uh, a false memory to my time on the word. Yeah, so you we, might know more about it actually because she didn't. It was somebody. Oh, it was like the time you met George Best, and then he met uh, Richard Ashcroft from the word uh, from the Verve, oh. and uh, ringing no bells with me. It, Not George it, Best. It, it rang no bells, and in fact, George Best, I don't even think was around then. No, I so think hi. Pa- Great to see you again. You look Good fabulous. The last time I saw you was at the I think it was the word party. So we, there was a word reunion, and it was twenty. It was a twenty-year class reunion. Which is scary. And you gave a very moving speech. Uh, I was probably uh, probably a drink had been taken. The, I remember the farm play, didn't they? The farm turned up and played. Oh, I, uh, gosh, yeah. I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> it was a good night. Yeah, no, it was a very yeah. good night. Although it was a bit thin on the ground in terms of presenters attending. Yeah, so. although I've seen Mark Lamar a few times. Oh, what's then. that like? Uh, no, he's great. He's, he's quite kind of, he's living quite a solitary life, he says. He, I, I bump into him at car boot fairs. He's buying vinyl. Like okay. it's going out of fashion. Because he doesn't do his radio show anymore. I think he fell out with people or they fell out with him at Radio 2 or something. But now he's in fine form. He's a dad, got a lovely daughter now. And a solitary life, though, I had this idea that perhaps he was, uh, he had beehives and he was, you know, living like a monk. I think he's aspiring to that. I think okay. next stage is hermit he's one of yeah. those i think he'd be out there so but he's, he's in fine form yeah. he's not tapping maple trees and making his not own yet. spirit <laughs> yeah is that the thing the do where you met uh, terry christian again and you said there was a, a, a sexy vibe yeah no so y- there, there was this uh, odd thing that you should know about paul which was uh terry was doing a one-man show i think it was called confessions of a recovering catholic and it was at the ica in london and i hadn't seen him for years and years and i went backstage to go hey well done 
That was interesting. And um, there was actually <laughs> kind of like a weird sexual, unresolved sexual tension. Because, uh, I mean, he never gave me the time of day when we worked together. He was not particularly, in, you know, he wasn't, he he was a bit sort of stuck in his own yeah, yeah. head. His own Mancunian zone. And yeah, he was in a zone. He was definitely in a bubble, a Christian bubble. And uh, yeah, there was kind of a weird, like, <gasps> like an He'd intake of breath. seen you for the first time. Yeah, I felt visible for the first time and then he announced that he wasn't with his wife anymore and i was divorced but it didn't go further but it if wow but if it was like the the you know the telly movie version of it the biopic that sounds like a high concept pitch for a (laughs) rom-com you meet 20 years on you've been in this kind of youth glamorous entertainment show and then suddenly bang yeah the the click happens yeah there was a little bit of a a free song i have to (laughs) say okay yeah i've seen telly quite recently i didn't have that at all with him but maybe (laughs) i'm I'm, you know (laughs) i should have told him i'm divorced or something yeah yeah quick boy you're up next you've got about 40 seconds what you got so first for me it's the summer solstice, so we're going live to Stonehenge in the wee small hours, but better than that, we are crossing live to Easter Island for their winter solstice, Ooh. which I cannot wait for. Never spoke to anybody on Easter Island before. Amazing. And we spoke about it yesterday, because we spoke to an archaeologist who's worked out how they got their 11-ton hats, yeah, the hats on the Easter Island statues, and it's an, it's an amazing story. So back to Easter Island tonight, in association with Easter Island Tourist Board, or whatever <laughs> it is, all that and saving the Scottish wildcat. So it's going to be a weird four hours. Brilliant. Yeah. But don't miss Paul Ross, he's up next. And the usual old tosh, as I always say. Plenty of old tosh for those who love that stuff and we all do uh, right up through till five o'clock thank you very much indeed to katie put who's been my able co-pilot today so fun hey it was fun wasn't it let's do it again tomorrow i'll be here night everyone